This idea grave is brought to you by mini milk chocolate sensations ice cream bars that I get to devour because JRG's out of the house. <laughs> it's shame eating. <laughs> I do that all the time. Setting up the bar. Fuck yeah. Is this, is this coffee or is this just brown goo that you left here? It's coffee. Uh, you want some of it? I'll put it in my drink. <laughs> it's going to be Bacardi coffee and... Tonic water? Tonic water. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> For being angry. Hungry? Are you angry? Do you want to kill? My vintage Furby is learning English, and all it says is evil things like, I don't like you. Furby, angry. I should probably look at a furry tutorial on the internet. I don't understand why it keeps on saying do over and over again. Because it's slow, and it's from the fucking early 2000s. It reminds me of Rammstein. I think it's going to go, do hast. Do. Do, do, do hast, Mitch. Do hast, Mitch. So Batman fights bees, fights a swarm of bees. So, first hour of Batman vs. Superman, great. If terrorist attacks, Ben Affleck is like, turns out to be a crazy fascist, as in Batman. Because uh, he's like, his Trump Tower collapses, like the Wayne Enterprises <laughs> thing. And there's a little girl, and he's like, saves a little girl from a big rock that dirty Superman is like, accidentally knocks over when he's fighting General Blob. Yeah. And it's, uh, all of his grievances are right, right? He comes back to Alfred, who's terrible. He looks like, as, like, Alfred in this movie is as old as Batman, but he acts like his dad, but he's just basically, like, maybe he's, like, five years older than Ben Affleck. So it's, it's a weird dynamic. Mm -hmm. And instead of, like, a butler, he's just, like, polishes his car or some shit like that. This <laughs> was Gary, Gary Busey? No. Some other guy. This is my manservant, Jeremy Irons. Yeah, Jeremy Irons, right. He also talked about being <laughs> Recently? A while ago. It was this big interview that he's talking about. Like, remember how Sean Connery said that sometimes you just have to beat a woman to let her know her place? Yeah. And Jeremy Irons was like doing something similar, but I forget what exactly. It was. I remember the Sean Connery interview was funny too because he knew that he was stepping into controversial waters. And there was a long pause. He's like, well, you, what, you, what you realize is sometimes a woman, she just won't stop. And you <laughs> What would merit it? Well, if you have tried everything else, and women are pretty good at this, they, they can't leave it alone. Yeah? They don't they want to have the, the, the last word, and you give them the last, last word, but they're not happy with the last word. They want to say it again. And... and get into a really provocative situation then you've got a corrector <laughs> my god he was born wartime it's like when i was like <laughs> when i was eight at my when my brother was four and i didn't know how to argue with him so i would just like would just be fighting i'd just like punch him in the arm and he'd be like oh want you and then we'd just fight this is the logic that sean connery applies to his relationships <laughs> Imagine he was happily married for 70 years, and that was the secret. Doesn't he still have a wife? Pure terror. <laughs> so anyways, Jeremy Irons is there. Oh, yeah. And Ben Affleck is amazing. It's great. He, like, he reasons very well that Superman is an alien, and he's all-powerful, and he's an alien asshole magnet. 
And every time he fights those alien assholes that come there for him specifically, he destroys like half of the big city. He and should go live on the moon or something. He should. And he did have like an apartment in Antarctica, which was very comfortable for him because he's super fast. So I understand why he doesn't live there. But instead, he just like... Anyway. So, yeah, so Ben Affleck reasons that... Fucking shut up. Jesus, super... Furby, go to sleep. Furby. Furby, go to sleep. We're having an adult conversation about well, our comic book movie. Night-night, <laughs> mm. Furby. All right. Bedtime. It'll tell you he's going to sleep. In. Go to sleep, Furby. Bedtime. Bedtime for robot. You know how Cameron got a practice baby and he got a dog? Yes. And you got a Furby. That's your practice baby. It is my practice baby. It's my surrogate child because mm. I'm unable to impregnate my woman. <laughs> so... Oh my god, can I just take his batteries away? Just put her in the other room. Mm. Yes, you're being banned. <laughs> He's angry, holy fuck! So... Ben Affleck gets angry and he tries to devise a way to kill Superman because he's like, well, even if he's a nice guy, it doesn't really matter because millions, like, you know, he's endangering thousands of people and it's, you know, he should just die or go away forever. Mm -hmm. He won't go away forever, he should just die because he's not really a hero. He saves like one person at a time and at the same time he's endangering the whole planet. In the meantime, Superman's the most miscast person ever. Because he's like, he's getting old, and he's getting like, bold, and his face looks like Richard Nixon. He's really oily. Handsome, though. He is not handsome. He's got a good he's, jaw. Well, I guess so. I don't know. In the movie, he's always like, oily and brooding. <laughs> he has like, this weird chiseled thing going on, but he looks like a vampire version of Superman. Yeah. Or, you know, a Richard Nixon version of Superman, where he's just like, he's like, really disgruntled. He clearly doesn't like his work. I don't know why he saves any of these people. Because he clearly can't save everyone. Because people just keep fighting in different parts of this, like, yeah. globe. And it's just like he goes to Mexico and saves some little girl. But at the same time, you know, in India, it's like a bridge collapsing and lots of people die. Anyway. And he broods about not being able to save everybody? But at the same time, he, like, compartmentalizes. Because there's, like, this scene where he, like, goes into the bathtub with Louis Lane, who looks terrible. <laughs> I don't know why, because Amy Adams is like a beautiful lady, mm -hmm. but for some reason in this movie she looks she looks bad. Right. And she's always useless in every way, but there's a lot of her. There's like a lot of scenes with Louis Lane just not doing shit. <laughs> I like how you call her Louis Lane. <laughs> is, that, is that her name? Lois. Louis? <laughs> Lois. So <it's> never. <laughs> Lois CK. Yeah. Right there. Um... They're kind of they're trying to get around that Bacall test by adding more uh, more ben, lady. Ben test. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess so. But she only talks about Superman, though. She doesn't mm -hmm. give a fuck about anything else. Right. And then they're like, <laughs> she has they, no they even like uh, Batman. I think mentions to her like every time Superman does something, you just write a fluff piece about how he's awesome. And she's like, well, yeah, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, and then, and then everything's established. It seems nice. It seems like a good movie. There's like uh, Zack Snyder's doing these really comic booky shots that are really well composed. It's probably a storyboarder. It did it like a really good job. And um, 
Batman has an awesome armor. He's well designed and all that shit. And then Batman starts having these dreams. And he has like like seven dreams over the course of the movie. There's entirely too many dreams. Right. But as soon as he starts having these dreams, the movie like starts kind of getting iffy. He has like one dream where like a big bat just like snaps at him in his dream. And another dream where like a city is melting. And in the third dream, there's again the desert city melting in the background and he's in a truck punching people. <laughs> like <laughs> gets, Fury Road? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that. He gets out of the fucking truck and there's bees. Like people who are like bees, they have wings and shit. <laughs> and they're bad CG. They look like Power Ranger extras. They land around <laughs> him. Putties? Kind of, but with like wings and shit. <laughs> so they land around him. And other people who are dressed in like Nazi uniforms with Superman sign come out. And they also start punching Batman. Mm-hmm. At some point, at that point, you're like, wait a second, what is, is this part of the movie? Is this real? <laughs> There's no real distinction between dreams and reality. It's all shot in the same way. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, um, this is weird. I feel like our show noises are way louder than usual. That's good. <laughs> Honestly, this is just an eating podcast. This is bug bun. This is bug bun for everybody. It's just radio bug bun. Just describe it. Oh, such. <laughs> it was a surprise getting coconut chocolate bars, but mm. a pleasant one. Yeah, no. <laughs> it feels good in my mouth. Oh, I think that. I think that coconut ice cream is actually better for you than milk chocolate, milk ice cream. That's what you should tell yourself. That's why you can eat more of them. So they take up a third of the movie just doing dream sequences that don't have anything to do with the plot. They do! Because mm. in the next dream sequence, some weird guy that looks like like a... I don't know what he looks like. He looks weird. He's like this weird fire suit. And people were telling me it's Flash, but then it turns out it's like Robin or something. And he's, like, incomprehensible. He comes, like, he, he jumps out of, like, a hole in Batman's monitor. And it is a dream, because it can be reality, because it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's on an X-Men movie. And he yells at Batman, Buy a new suit! It literally says that. And at this point, you're like, Okay, this movie's done. And then Batman buys a new suit. And, and he makes a kryptonite spear. And fucking Wonder Woman's there. Where do you buy a new Batman suit? Wouldn't you have to make it? I guess he doesn't show how he makes it. He just has it, I guess, already. Hmm. Oh, yeah, and he practices to beat Superman by lifting weights. There's a whole sequence about how he's getting stronger to fight Superman. And it's ridiculous because Superman's a god. (laughs) And Batman just needs to grow another chest muscle. (laughs) If he just grows a little bit more muscles, he'll be a match for Superman. Plus, it doesn't just put on a tank suit. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe he needs the extra muscles for his tank suit. No, it's all like Lex Luthor shit. Lex Luthor is uh, Mark Zuckerberg in this movie. Yeah. But like, he's literally playing like Mark Zuckerberg. It's oh. just Mark Zuckerberg. Mm. Except a little twitchier. I'm always surprised when I see the pictures of the actual Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook. I go, that's not him. He wasn't from the Facebook movie. He was like a kid that everyone beat up in school. Mm-hmm. Except his face is getting more and more swollen. Oh, he's just getting older. Everyone's faces grow. Yeah. Our faces have grown like twice in the last few Oh, years. in a good way, though. We look much better. I don't think I look much better. <laughs> I'm comfortable with it, but I know I look better with a smaller face. Mm. 
So then Batman gets his new suit, and he goes... Um, and then Lex Luthor is, like, trying to get kryptonite because something fucking crashed. It's all bullshit. And Batman tries to hit on Wonder Woman, who's just, like... I don't know why she's in this movie. Every You can cut out every scene with Wonder Woman out of the movie, and it will be the same exact movie. Yeah. Or she does exactly nothing. They're trying to build that Justice League. She's also a really bad actress. Oh. Like, awful. Mm -hmm. And she's not, like... I didn't find her very hot. Yeah, what's her face like? I don't know. I don't remember. You've described everybody's face except Wonder Woman. She's just very... Like, Elle magazine kind of... Random, generically ran, hot. random commercial. Not, it's not. It's not like the main feature, like an actress or like a model. Mm -hmm. It's like you turn to page fifty, and it's like one of those people <laughs> who are holding a like, sort of new radio that they're selling or something. <laughs> oh, Wonder Woman is supposed to be like curvy or you know sexy or something. Right. Even if she's not a good actress, this one just looks like a like a wall. Like she's just generically pretty, but I don't remember anything about yeah. her. Yeah. She's a shiny dress. <laughs> you got theme music? I, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, Jesse Eisenberg, he gets, um, fucking Lex Luthor. He's Lex Luthor's son. Oh. So he's all, he's not actual Lex Luthor. Oh. Alex Luthor. Oh, no, that's, that's in the comic book. He clones a new body for himself. Oh, you think it's the same guy? Yeah. In the comic book, he like makes a new, guy. he feels like a, like a different guy. He makes a new body for himself so he can be immortal. Oh, that's cool. Mm. That's a really good idea. Yep. Anyway, he's the real hero of the story, except he's also terrible. If this was the movie that he did instead of Facebook, he would not have a career. Whoa. He's awful in it. <laughs> it's like it's like a shitty Groucho Marx thing that mm. he's doing. And he's like, he kills like some senators for some reason. They're having a hearing about Superman. And he's just like, in a democracy, you're supposed to be responsible. And Superman shows up at the hearing. And I don't know. I guess I'm spoiling in the movie, but everything explodes. There's like this guy. And there's like, there's a heavy terrorism undertone in the whole film. Oh. Like that was the whole, like it's, it, the, 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 the beginning of the movie looks like a Superman caused a Super 9-11. Right. And then the rest of it is just people exploding and threatening shit and blackmailing each other and stuff like that. And then, I guess, I don't know. And then, oh yeah, and then the Batman steals uh, Lex Luthor's kryptonite. And Lex Luthor's like, fine, but I'm going to steal your mom. <laughs> no, he steals Superman's mom. Steals Superman's mom. He steals Superman's mom. And then he's like, you have to bring me the head of Batman. Uh, and he gives Batman all the, like, uh, the, Batman has those kryptonite weapons, he makes himself a spear, he mm -hmm. makes, like, weird kryptonite gas things that make Superman cough. <laughs> and for some reason, instead of, like, Superman just burning Batman to a crisp with his laser vision from, like, a kilometer away, yeah. he decides to fight him. Like, with punches? Yeah. Mm. He decides to fight him with punches. Which doesn't kill Superman instantly. It's also weird. It's just like, you know. You mean Batman? Yeah, Batman. Doesn't kill Batman? Batman. Yeah, it doesn't kill, kill Batman. But it's like, the fight's okay. Mm -hmm. They fight in like an abandoned warehouse. And um, honestly, it should have just ended with Batman killing Superman. <laughs> should have just pierced him with a spear and Superman should have died. And then they would like, you know, and then Batman should have been sad. It's like, I killed a great man, but I had to do it. 
And then he'd be like, you know, sadness, fascist. And it plays the Mentos music, and he looks back at the camera and gives the thumbs up (laughs) as he's driving away in his car. Instead, Superman's fucking girlfriend, Louis Lane, comes in, Mm -hmm. and she's like, they stole Martha! And Batman's like, Martha? And his brain breaks down, and he's like, I love Martha, that's my mom! And Lewis is like, that's his mom too! (laughs) And at that point, Batman for some reason stops killing Superman. And he just decides to help him. There there is absolutely no, like, build-up for that. They established how much Batman hates him up until that point. Yeah. And that word, the word Martha changes everything. (laughs) (laughs) Because their moms have the same name, now they're friends. Well, that's, that, what are the odds? I, I don't know. Maybe it was like, you know, like the name Jessica was really popular for a while. Like 70% of girls in like the you year know, 1996 it, the, all got girl, like named The Jessica. comic book department at DC back in the 40s was not very big. They didn't I have guess. that many ideas. I don't think it was. Anyway. So, yeah. And then at that point, Lex Luthor has like, he hatches this giant E.T. monster. <laughs> and it starts fighting everyone, and it ends with a giant bomb like every wait, other wait, wait, wait. How does he hatch a monster? Well, he has a... That is a big, pointless... Another another plotline that shouldn't have been in the movie. Right. There's a crashed spaceship in the middle of the city that Lex Luthor just buys from some corrupt congressman, and he goes in, and the, the spaceship to him goes to him, I will teach you the knowledge of 100,000 worlds. Whoa. And Lex Luthor is like... All right, I'm going to make a giant monster. <laughs> and he cuts off his hand and pours his DNA into some pool on like General Zod's body. And it makes a big womb. <laughs> and it just hatches this big E.T. Like it looks like e- like a cross between E.T. and like the orc from the end of Two Towers. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the big naked thing. <laughs> it just hatches as soon as Batman and Superman and why does it have a Martha. why does it have a problem with Superman? I don't actually know. It doesn't have a childlike not, innocence. It, it's that. it's born to kill. It's just angry. It's, just, it's, it's, it's clearly like an abortion. It just comes out and just like, blah! It just starts punching the air. And um, yeah, it's it, it also, it's very naked, but it has absolutely no dick. It's like smooth there, like Ken. I was, it would be kind of amazing if they gave him like this big, like penis. Oh, like this is the end. The, the giant goblin monster at the it end of this really the end had a been. huge wiener. I mean, both me and Lisa were looking at it, and it was like, oh my god, it, it, no wonder it's so angry. Like, Did you see this is the end? Yeah. You remember the tractor beam is pulling Seth Rogen up to heaven, and it cuts the demon's wiener off? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it should have been like that. But instead, it's like it's really bad CG, kind of lumpy orc creature. Hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's so bad. The whole... The whole plot line with that animal is so bad. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Superman starts fighting him. Wonder Woman shows up out of nowhere. She comes in in, like, a cab or something. And she jumps out. And she's wearing this little skirt. And she's like, I'm here too! And Superman's like, whoa. <laughs> and Louis Lane's right there. And she's, she's not, she's, like, conveniently out of this fucking screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Louis Lane should probably hide. She should. Should go away because <laughs> Superman's not. It's not going to satisfy des- Lois Lane. He's destined he can, to be like, with Wonder Woman. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then uh, Wonder Woman, and Superman start punching the giant orc, mm-hmm. and then they punch him and punch him, and Superman punches him into space. At which point, everyone nukes him. 
Like, oh. the government just decides to nuke Superman. They, sh- they fire all the warheads? Yeah, they fire Superman? a fucking war- warhead at Superman and uh, Nuke Monster, and they nuke him. But he, some like, this is what I'm saying, that everything ends with a giant bomb. Right. But he absorbs the energy from the nuke. Uh-oh. And Superman gets revived by the sun's rays because he's solar-powered. Mm-hmm. And then they all go back downstairs. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and Batman just stands at the side because he can't fucking fight the giant monster because he's fucking just as a dude. Is he life-size or is, he, is the orc monster The huge? orc monster's like half a, like a, like a, like a truck-sized creature. Oh, okay. It's, it's. It's like a twelve-year-old made this. <laughs> no, they're fighting this big lumpy creature for no reason. He hypnotizes bad guys, but no, he like when he di- they die, he just hypnotizes them, and then Ralph wrinkles. It's like the Hulk. It absorbs energy and stuff, and they can only be killed by kryptonite because he's made from Kryptonian whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that they even explain it is annoying. Yeah. Um, and then they kill him with, uh, Superman kills him with uh, Batman's kryptonite spear. Oh, Batman good. made the thing for killing Superman. Right. Yeah. And then Superman dies too. Oh. Because uh, I don't remember why, actually. Oh. It's really, I don't, I don't understand why. I remember him punching it, and I think Doomsday punches him too. Anyway, he double dies punch. and everyone cries for like... In the original days. comic book, The Death of Superman, they do like a double punch and they break each other's necks like at the same motion yeah something like that it's really boring on the screen because everything's brown and ugly and doomsday keeps exploding oh because he has lots of energy from the nuke so (laughs) he just keeps exploding they still destroy like the whole fucking city or something (laughs) like that even though they've established that destroying cities is bad in the beginning yeah uh, yeah, and then the uh, the rest of it is Superman's wrapped in like a, there's a, this big American boner going on. There's mm. everyone's uh, the American flags everywhere, and uh, they're burying him in three different places at once. There's Whoa. one in like Washington, one in Metropolis, and one in his Kansas. Is he in pieces? With like sexy horses that are like <laughs> going Dres- around. Dressage. Yeah. Mitt Romney dress- dressage horses. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> They couldn't even hold off on that. They could. They, they, they show him coming back to life on the last frame. Yeah. This is like the dirt is rising from the uh, fucking casket, and he's gonna come back and make a Justice League. Why don't they just uh, wait till the sequel to bring him I back? I don't know why. They also had this part where I didn't even mention it. There's one part that you all that is completely unnecessary. Wonder Woman got uh, like a floppy disk from from Batman. Mm-hmm. That he stole from Lex Luthor. Wait, do they still Lex have L- floppy disks? I don't know. It's just a USB key. Whatever. <laughs> just, she, she, she clicks on different portraits of different superheroes, and they're showing all the people. Who all are the playing cards. League. Yeah, it's just like Magic the Gathering cards. It's like they show fucking Aquaman, just like Khal Drogo, but with a mermaid tail, and uh, <laughs> he's got a mer tail. I, I hope so, because otherwise it's just lame. Like he has to have at least a mermaid tail. And he, like, fights a submarine, and then they show Flash that, like, he steals beer from a convenience store or something, and then they show some dude that I don't remember, like a fat black dude that can turn Oh, Cyborg? Yeah. That's Uh, the Cyborg guy. Yeah, I guess. I don't know anything about those people, because I don't care. (laughs) Any Martian? Is there the Martian guy? I don't remember. Maybe. I don't think so. Hawkman? Who? Hawkman? What the fuck is Hawkman? You remember that Birdman movie that Michael oh, right, Keaton right. was in? Yeah, it was good. He's kind of like that. 
in the Justice League. Land the he's a hawk. He's a hawk uh, superhero from another planet, and he's got a war hammer. He beats people with his his hammer. Now I'm good. How are you good? There's still two left. I'll save one for tomorrow or whatever. I'm not. <laughs> We're going full on diabetes tonight. Diabetes. <laughs> I Anyway, so while the movie itself was awful, give me some of that pepperoni. Oh yeah, that's the other item that this is fueled by. Sobe's pepperoni, hot brand. So in conclusion, it's about as good as Age of Ultron, which I also didn't see. But um, I enjoy getting these little summaries from my friends. It's it's like being there. But way better. It's better because you don't need to see it. <laughs> no, no, I had and a I really good time watching it because we got like a big pizza and nice. we got like nachos and like fucking poutine and stuff. And me and Lisa we just had like a big dinner while Whoa. we were watching it. In the theater? Mm hmm. Just had different foods that you could like rotate around? Yeah. Mm. It was great. We didn't really pay too much attention to it. Nice. But it's relaxing. Those comic book movies are perfect to go and just do nothing. You don't need to think. Once in a while, somebody punches somebody on the screen. You're like, all right. It's a fucking comic book. Batman's an idiotic invention for children. Of course, it's stupid. You can make a good Batman movie. Dark Knight was good. Um, you can make a good anything movie, though. What have I been... I've been um, catching up on Better Call Saul. Mm. That's pretty good. It is? Mm-hmm. Although Is it's he becoming, finally awesome, or it's uh, this this previous episode, episode seven, he's he's kind of become episode real. Seven of season two. After seventeen hours, yes, of fucking Better Call Saul, he's finally any good. Well, I'll tell you my theory. I think that it was originally uh, a one season arc, and when they got approved for a second season, they stretched the story into two seasons. Because if it was Breaking Bad pacing, he would have been Saul Goodman by the end of the first season. Um, so in episode seven that just like played this week, there's this awesome montage where he sees this uh, fan man, you know, those inflatable dancing uh, advertisements that they put in front of like car lots and stuff. Mm -hmm. He sees one with like a, a kind of like multicolored suit and it's like dancing around mm -hmm. and it, it, it's like his epiphany about what he has to do. And Finally. There's like a montage of him getting all his colored suits on and he's decided he wants to get fired from his law firm so he starts acting like a jackass. Yeah. And he moves back into the laundromat or the nail salon and he starts, you know, wearing his crazy clothes and deciding he's going to do things his own way, colorfully. Uh-huh. But you know what's becoming obvious is that, like, they're also doing uh, Mike's storyline and like the rise of Gus Fring and that's better like it's the the They're season is divided in between like Mike's story and Saul's story and Mike's episodes are always better I so. just think if they wanted to do a Saul Goodman show it should have been a comedy because he's a funny character right it he's is a funny sidekick. yeah they are doing funny but it's stuff not in... a comedy he's like miserable for the whole first season and it's sad the thing that I think is a misstep, like the first season, I think is is weaker because it's stretched out. It's overly long. Like they should have truncated it down characters. to six episodes. I think everything in it is fine. It just needs to be edited down a bit. Um, the interesting thing about Saul Goodman is he's the in between. The lawyer is able to move through the crime world and the corrupt 
justice world seamlessly. He's the bridge between the two, so he can show the hypocrisy in both sides. And that's what kind of the show is about. Like, Mike has this long monologue where he talks about the fact that there's good criminals and bad criminals, and good police and bad police, and how he kind of navigates between the two. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Saul's going to be the bad lawyer, Mike's going to be the good criminal, and the two of them have adventures. They introduce, like, Hector Salamanca again, the guy in the wheelchair from Breaking Bad, but he's, like, not paralyzed yet. Mm. And, you know, Tuco's back, and Crazy Eight. Tuco's was fun. I don't know. Um, the movie I watched today, fucking Zootopia. How was that? Oi. I like the trailer. I liked the DMV slot stuff. Lisa suggested it. I didn't want to take her to a cartoon. Because mm-hmm. we usually hate them. We even didn't like the fucking Inside Out, but, you know. I'm getting the food sweats. <laughs> I opened the window. It's pepperoni. Yeah. Woo! You didn't like Inside Out? No. I thought it was silly. Oi. Yeah. Tough audience. I didn't like it. I thought that movie Neither was, was like that. It great. Was too wholesome, too much family stuff. A bit too, too American, much terrible maybe. jokes, very American... I didn't give a fuck about her family. I didn't give a fuck. Like, I didn't give a fuck. I, all I cared about was... <laughs> it was What was interesting to me was her dad's job prospects and why he had to move from Minnesota to like, San Francisco. You and Lee are always so cynical when it comes to these things. Lee will like get so upset over any show that's about divorce or the, the idea that a kid might be upset that their parents are breaking up. He's like, the premise was completely ridiculous. Why would a kid care if his parents break up? Because, like, his parents have been divorced forever, so he doesn't understand. It's not that. It's just, like, there are a lot of things that are just, like, cartoony things that I'm bored of. Mm-hmm. Like, the imaginary friend trope is really boring to me. And he was... It's just, it's like a thing that people... It, all those things are like crutches, right? You don't know what to put in the story. Oh, let's put an imaginary friend that the kid has. Who the fuck has an imaginary friend? Do you know any kids who talk to imaginary creatures? Some kids that have gave imaginary them friends. Not, not one person I knew that had that. <laughs> and it, it never was this, like, specific. Oh, it's like an elephant fuzzy. F- it's like something an adult would imagine for a kid to have as a friend. Yeah. You didn't talk to any of your stuffed animals when you were Yeah, a kid? but I didn't, like... This is not what kids do, right? They have, like, they create scenarios. That's mm. how kids think. They think, oh, and this is, you know, Blobface, and he's fighting Gorilla Monster. Or uh, this is uh, Uncle Ivan, and he's going to, I don't know, dig up a corpse at the graveyard, and you think about your toys and what they're doing. But you do that when you're four. She's supposed to be a kid. She's eight years old. She goes to school. But the imaginary friend is from when she's, like, two. Oh, that's fucking bullshit. Uh, that's bullshit. Mr. The Hongo whole idea Bonner. of, like, the way that memories are stored, that's, that was bullshit. I loved it. Oh, God. Really? I thought that it was a, a very focused and well-thought-out premise. I don't know why you think that. It was structured almost like an essay. Like, they, they really broke down and put a lot of thought into how your brain probably works and where your personality comes but- from, and then they wove a plot that... Put, combined all those elements in a neat way. Jokes were bad. <laughs> the dialogue was bad. The character designs were really bland. 
I didn't like the character designs. The art direction was incredibly bland. The background, like every everything about that movie, was averaged out to the point of sleep. Oh, hey. Oh, yeah, do you remember, to, like, disagree. the main character's Joy, yeah. she looks like Tinkerbell. Yes. She's a high-pitched voice, she runs around and says things that are, you know, excited. <laughs> it just makes me want to punch the screen. You don't have much joy? Well, I have enough joy, but it doesn't, like... Which my, character's in charge of your brain? <sighs> <laughs> Hunger. <laughs> It's also like, I understand it's simplified for stupid children and their fat families, but Jesus, come on. People aren't... Like, aside from that, it shows how people have absolutely no free will, mm. but it never addresses it. Well, the, all the personality aspects are part of the person. It's just some people... The... This isn't science. That's what they tell you in the film. That's not how people work. I think it is. But it's not, though. In reality, it's not. You don't ever have times where you feel like the rage person's in charge of you and you don't really have any control over it? No. Or, like, days that you're feeling silly and nothing really bothers you? Or days where, you know, you're in such a good mood that, like, even news that would normally bum you out or make you mad doesn't affect you? I find that... I find the entertainment industry's ways to simplify human behavior are counterproductive people mm. are incredibly complicated and they don't, don't just act on like you know five emotions that you have in your head well that's the that's the um that's addressed in the movie too right like they get nuance in the second half as she matures they start to get instead Sadder, of sadder like, that's the nuance no they get the rainbow balls which are nuance mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so something is both sad and you know disgusting or happy and sad you know, Jesus rainbow Christ. emotion balls. I'm sorry. I'm, memories. I'm, not, I'm not buying the <laughs> I'm not buying the islands of crap. They all look like Disneyland things that they want to build in the future. Sure. And, and then you didn't like the abstract thing where they go into the abstract thought room and they get more and more simplified. I thought that was awesome. Oh, animation wank. <laughs> every 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 cartoon series now has a drug trip. Everybody takes weird drugs and then it all becomes wacky. Or they go to, like, a strange place where their emotions are incomprehensible. I don't know. It, 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 it was all oversimplified, over-averaged. It didn't look very good. Uh, the voice acting was really annoying. I don't remember the main character very well. Right. And who was the main character? The Emotion Joy? Uh, yeah, it was kind of an ensemble movie. But, yeah, Joy's kind of the main character. But the, She's the Woody of the again, piece. The whole thing was that the movie was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. There's aliens that live in your head. <laughs> no, and they're... people aren't actually people. They're just <laughs> giant robots that those creatures that actually have control, that have all the emotions and the mental capacities, they're driving them like aliens. So <laughs> Earth is this weird circus with marionettes where people have no free will and when they talk to each other they're just communicating what these creatures are communicating it's it's like hive minds but it's like what i'm saying is weird but the movie wasn't weird it was like a kids film mhm mm it made no weird sense weird for a kids film not really pretty deep topic for a kids movie but it didn't work mm. they chose the deep deep topic and they averaged it out to be boring 
I, I disagree. I think uh, you were in a bad mood when you watched it. I was fine. <laughs> if you if you think about it for a little bit longer, did you enjoy like Batman the... versus Superman better? There are very different kinds of movie, but it's about like I'm gonna forget about both of them right. equally. <laughs> like neither of them was amazing. They're both you know C. Best movie I saw last year was Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. That movie was amazing. It it's was it's so not crazy. from last year though. <laughs> I know it's not from last year, but I saw it last year. So yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. it's from last year. I don't know why why you missed it the first time. Well, I just didn't have any reason to see it. Right. And everybody told me it was amazing, and I kept postponing it because it has a really long name. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it was great. Yeah, it was so it's right up your alley. The dialogue was awesome. The, yeah, the backgrounds were awesome. It was about fucking spies and shit. It was the manliest movie I've ever seen. Never a dull moment. So it's good. got a got twenty five characters. Really complicated plot. I feel like I have to offset like me shitting on films by something that I like, so that people yeah. like, so that like you know. So I can still relate to other people. I don't think the like, ten-year-old like anything, Ilya. The ten-year-old. Everything I suggest is you're a piece. Of, like you know, you think it's a piece of shit. Yeah. That's not. It's not true. I the ten-year-olds pr- probably wouldn't appreciate Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy like you do. Who the fuck cares about ten-year-olds? <laughs> I haven't been ten in like 20, 20 years. When I was ten, I would have liked everything. Mm-hmm. Or uh, like, what did you like when I was ten? Ah, uh, like. I don't know. I liked reading. I didn't yeah. have a TV at that point. You liked Pinocchio. That was another I was six. <laughs> Pinocchio was great. Terrifying. Huh? I didn't. Cool. <laughs> I want to go to that island. Well, no, you can Smoke live as a donkey. That's interesting. Like live a... as a donkey. Get whipped. Get whipped by that fat, no, no, no. fat whipping... red-faced man. That was bad. Put in a cage. But being a donkey doesn't seem like a punishment unless there's people whipping you. Mm. Right? They could have just let them roam free for a while and then turn back into people. And who knows where that wagon was going after they all got boxed in. Oh, you think they turned them into sausages? Yeah. Which is kind of weird. They used to eat donkeys. Sure. Huh. Horses, donkeys. I you know, they could have just time. turned them into sausage, turned the children into sausage. What do they need the, the donkey stage for? That's true. Yeah, I don't know. That was awesome, I guess. I don't know. What's this weird caviar on your desk? Is that glue? Oh yeah, that's that's gl- hot glue gun. Don't eat it. I'm not going to. <laughs> it looks like caviar though. So that's the TV report. Uh, I find that we talk a little bit too much about things we watch. <laughs> Every time we have this big, this big meetup with like people, it's like, so what did you watch this weekend? Well, I've consumed this media. Mm-hmm. What media did you consume? I've consumed this other media, or like big mouths. It just things flow into and we get fat. Yeah. But, you know. And it's telling because even the shows that I watch, the majority of it is just reviews of things that I haven't even seen. Like, I'll watch Red Letter Media and it'll be two hours of them talking about a movie that I'll never watch. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't care about Batman versus Superman. I like hearing you talk about it. I'll never watch that movie. Yeah, I watch... Uh, watch I like Let's your plays. funny descriptions of them. I watch a lot of Let's Plays. Uh, games I've never, I'm never gonna play because it takes too long to play them. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just watch people play them and talk about how they're playing them. Yeah, the best part about going to the casino was just watching the weird old people pull the handle on the machine over and over again, and yeah, curious about like what where they came from, how did they end up in this prison? And this is actually a basic thing. And this is what play is like for yeah. like animals and monkeys. They learn how to do the thing by observing others to 
doing that thing. And mm. this is the way the brain works is that you put yourself in the shoes of the person who's doing the thing. So it's right. like you're doing Empathy. it every time. Yeah. Except, you know, it's not Living vicariously. Yeah. But living vicariously is like 60% of actually doing something. Sure. So, you know, I guess if you're not doing stuff, you better, better at least watch people doing stuff. They've hooked uh, hockey fans' brains up to computers and had them watch, like, championship games. And the response that your brain has to watching somebody win a championship is the same as the players. Probably better. The players are all tired. There was this big line about around the pub next to my house. They're watching Real versus Barca. Ooh. It's a big rally. And it's, uh, you know. Is there build-up to that Euro tournament? Or is it just kind of happen? Like, does... Are the, the professional leagues related at all to the Euro tournament? Or is it just co two completely separate things? They're separate, but they all have to release their good players to play it. Okay, so it's kind of like the World Cup of hockey. It's like the World Cup. They like negotiate and say, oh, yeah, we yeah. might participate in no, it. No, 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 it's no, never no. an they amateur thing? To, no, they have to participate. All okay. the best players participate. And uh, Euro is basically just like the World Cup, except only with good teams. Because most of the good teams just come from Europe. Oh, okay. Well, it's not true anymore. There's also Latin America, and the U.S. is not that bad. And uh, So Messi wouldn't play in the, no, the World Cup? In the U EU, like the European Cup. Yeah, he, but he's, he's spent under, a lot of time in Spain. Yeah, but he's not Spanish. This is all, it's all about nationalism. But isn't there a weird thing where all you need to do is get the passport for that country, and then all of a sudden you're... Yeah, but you can never play for Argentina, and he has, like, big boner for patriotism like every other player what if you got two passports no you can't do that you have to choose actually there's a rule oh. that's why a lot of eastern european countries started buying like nigerian players <laughs> so you see poland and one of their like players is like olisadebe and it's, like this big nigerian <laughs> dude and he's like the best striker well i don't know if he is anymore now they have uh did they go scouting for 12 year old nigerians that they yeah. can import well like Russia, for example, had like they had to have the Russian Premier League, mm -hmm. and they're all teams that are bought by like uh, corrupt oligarchs. So there's like you know Gazprom Zenith, <laughs> and uh, Lokomotiv Moscow is the team that I used to like be a fan of when I was young, and they're owned by the the Russian Railroad Corporation or whatever. <laughs> the oligarch. Yeah, there's, the like, well, there's an oligarch. There's that uh, Terek Grozny, which is the team of the Chechen capital Grozny. Which is uh, directly under supervision of this warlord. His name's Ramazan Kadyrov, and Putin <laughs> just put him in charge of like Chechnya, and he basically killed all of his opponents and stole all the money, and he bought like a soccer team with part of that money, <laughs> and now it's like number four in the Russian Premier League. Uh, yeah, there's a, and then they all yeah they they all go scout like uh, you know second rate Brazilian players that want to go play in England but they'll go play in Russia because Russia pays a lot. Hmm. So you know they go play there and then they realize that uh, racist people yell at them and call them monkeys and then they're sad but sometimes they make enough money they they overcome their sadness and ask for a passport. I don't want to, you eat the last hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Coffee. Fucking coconut bars. Yeah, and... there's one left. It's melting really slowly inside that box. <laughs> what do you even call this drink? <laughs> this is a Bacardi tonic. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, it's... 
<laughs> it, it mixes well with the with the with the hot dog aftertaste. Are you ready for some football? I guess. I don't know. I want to watch uh, competitive ping pong. I've been. Uh, I finished my volleyball show. I've been watching a volleyball an anime volleyball show. Yeah. Because I love it. Because it's really <laughs> terrible. It's so earnest. And now I'm going to watch. Did it. they have the same bump set spike as in as in the West? I don't know what that means. So the standard volleyball play in the West, you bump where you put your forearms together and you bump the yeah, ball. Yeah, in yeah. The you, air. you lift it up, then you you you, you, you there's okay. The plot involves a setter and a spiker, <laughs> and they're in like a special duo couple. How they're like? Wait, what's the show really called? Competitive. What's the show called? The show's called Haikyuu. I kept talking about that a long time. <laughs> it's it's now ending. It's like ended. I think it's like they're waiting for season three. Series finale of Haiku. Yeah, it's just like high school students, and they're like they are terrible at everything except volleyball, apparently, and it's weirdly homoerotic. Hmm. But I think that appeals to girls. There's a, there's also a swim show that I refuse to watch because it's way too homoerotic. <laughs> like they just show these glistening like male bodies with like fucking water dripping over them and I don't think I can watch that as a little too much for me but the volleyball one is just earnest enough yeah all the like eroticism is very subtle they mm -hmm. just like they're just like really into volleyball is it a mixed gendered team no it's all dudes it's all dudes whoa they have a sexy manager <laughs> like the girl can be like their manager and she has like a cute assistant yeah and then, uh, yeah, they just play fucking volleyball. And they're like, they want to be Is there the a rival team? Yeah, there's like all kinds of rival teams. They go to like different schools and they have like different uh, specialties. Like in the last episode, there was a character called Mad Dog. And they were fighting him because he like he knew how to like spike the ball better than other people somehow. Is there summons or anything? Do they do any crazy animations when they yeah, yeah, yeah. do their special moves? I forget what it's called. There's this uh, certain type of like when uh, Japanese animators are assigned to certain. It's called Sorego. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to like say the wrong word. And then it sounds like me. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. Get all sorts of hate in the comments. Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh yeah. Is it then, Dragon Ball style? Like there's fire and stuff that comes out of their hands when they spike the ball. Yeah yeah yeah. They Shaolin have like, soccer. in their eyes and shit. Mm. Well, that's why that's why it's sport. Sports anime is a genre, right? I'm like, I I really want to. Well, I'm starting to like give up on my idea of like trying to pick shows to like American Network or whatever. But if I were, I would uh, I would try and pitch a sports show, and yeah. I really wanted to. I wanted to pitch a chess show. Right. I wanted to do Master Chess Master, and it would be about you know competitive chess, mm. where uh, a child gets picked up by like a like a Bobby Fisher. Who like lives in the like in the yard of a church, and he just plays like chess with like random hobos, and he's like he's the best. And then the child starts playing with him, and Bobby Fisher, who's like a crazy anti-Semite, <laughs> he like sees like the miracle in this child's playing. He starts teaching him, and then they go to different tournaments, and then the kid carries like special chess pieces with him, and he only plays with them. He keeps them rolled up in a in a leather tarp like a chef. Yeah, he like takes them out and. You can like make like awesome effects when he's putting them on the boards. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to do anything anymore. 
has any um, Japanese broadcaster taken advantage of that? You remember that technology that they that Fox tried to do with the NHL, where they made the puck like light on fire and oh, they have do that. laser that's effects a, and that's stuff. A, that's, that's actually like a three D uh, thing that you're supposed to know when you're working for a sports sports team now. Yeah, it's a sports channel. Like there's it, it, like I forget what it's called, but it's like a whole suit of like TV graphics kind of stuff. And uh, there's all kinds of 3D assets you can import. It's, 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 like, a, it's like a skill. Because they could make real-life Shaolin soccer where there's dragons and stuff overlaid on the ball and all that wacky nonsense. It never works, though. Remember but it seems the, like it's, it's repeated so many times in the anime that it makes me feel like the Japanese would want their sports to have that embellishment. Have you seen Japanese wrestling? No. It's like that. It's incredible. Oh, you mean... Like their version of the UFC, where they have no, no, all of no, no, the no. steroid guys wrestling, punching like the, the hell out of each other. WWE kind of wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Like it's way more interesting and weird than like, because like Western wrestling is like a soap opera, right? Mm-hmm. There's like those hard dudes that eat a lot of steroids, and then they're like, "You slept with my mother. I'm going to hit you with a steel chair." <laughs> But Japanese wrestling, they just do like weird slapsticky stuff that's really <laughs> technical, and they dress up as weirder characters. They do Jackie Chan stunts and stuff. They yeah. jump through ladders and. Well, there's this guy that just like he like bites another dude's dick and like suplexes him <laughs> like while biting him on that. Like they're they're, they're extreme. They're they're yeah. This weird. There's a famous one where he just like takes his pants and then puts a guy's head in that, and then he like does this like the tombstone maneuver on Whoa. him like that. Whoa! It they're they're very uh, I don't know. It it, it it has a different feel to it. It's more like Takashi's Castle and less like uh, the Kardashians. Hmm. I happened to be in New York City like a couple of uh, weekends ago, and Mike Juno happened to be there as well. Like, just out of a coincidence. Yeah. And he's like, hey, do you want to come with me to watch an indie wrestling match in Queens? So we went out to Queens, and we lined up with all of these, like, bros. And every every 25 men, there's, like, some beer-drinking lady, girlfriend that's that's along for the ride. And so I brought JRG and JRG's sister to the indie wrestling. That sounds good. And JRG's sister's, like, a raw vegan. And she was there for, like... Maybe forty-five seconds oh, wow. before she was like, "You know what? This isn't really my thing. I'm, I'm out of here." And later on, she was she was saying like, "I couldn't really tell if it if they were really hurting each other or not, so I was kind of uncomfortable." And like, no, no, it's a dance. It's it's all make believe. No, no, she didn't know. Come on, she grew up in wrestling. She's, She's like a child sensitive. Of 80s, isn't She's she? sensitive. Anyways, so we're watching the wrestling thing, and there's this little kid beside me, yeah. maybe like four years old. And he's loving it. He's yeah. he just he's like oh, oh getting really into it. But he once I befriended him, he, he kept on asking me like a million questions. They're like, what's happening? I'm like, he's attacking his leg. He's like, why is he doing that? He's, like, he's trying to submit him. He's trying to win the championship. The kid was getting really excited and stuff. But then he got he started to get fixated on like the wrestler's butts, and he just kept on saying like he should hit him in the butt. He should punch him in the butt. Kids are very obsessed with butts. Ooh ooh ooh, kick his butt. Yeah, you're still in the Freudian stage where butts are interesting. Bite his butt! And his mom was, like, totally pieced out. She found, like, a USB port at the back of the club, so she had, like, her phone plugged into it, and she was just making calls, completely ignoring the action. 
That's 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 all sensible. Honestly, the, we should go see a wrestling match here. They're exactly the same. It's the same touring people that go here. The the interesting part about it is that like a lot of the 25 to 30 year old dudes that are going, um, they play the part of the outraged crowd. Oh, they go like, woo, ref! Did you see that ref? He totally cheated. Ref, turn around. <laughs> That's great. Oh, bad call, bad call. I wonder if in like 20 years... And they boo the bad guys, like and they cheer the good guys. thing, where only like refined intellectuals go see wrestling matches, mm -hmm. because the younger generation doesn't understand it anymore. Yeah. Because it's... Um, Intellectually, it's it's running at a, a different level than the, the naysayers would imagine. Because it, it, <laughs> it, um, it references... Like, this is kind of Silver Age stuff, right? Because the Golden Age was the 80s, I guess, and the beginning of the 90s, mm -hmm. when people just, like, properly started doing it on TV, WWF, yeah. before it was a wildlife fund. Uh, so now it's like, they're all, like, imitators, right? Yeah. And uh, eventually, people are going to forget what it's imitating. Mm -hmm. And once they do that, then it becomes detached from, like, its basis in reality. Yeah. And then if people keep going at it, it's going to be... It's gonna be more of a like a specific subculture. It kind of reminds me of how Westerners go to operas, like Italian yeah, yeah, operas, yeah, even it's, though it's they don't know opera. what anything is saying. They don't know the words. To because the opera story. used to be just making tradition. dirty jokes and song, right? Yeah. But now it's like, oh well, okay. Culture. Culture. <laughs> We're gonna go to that place where people dress up in the funny outfits and they sing their songs. Yeah. Man, I like. I really tried to get into operas because I like like I like ballet. Yeah, like we go to ballet all the time, and ballet is cool because people are dancing and shit. Just a story, but it's athleticism. Right? It's athleticism. There's, you know, all kinds of leg lifts, <laughs> people with bulges, weird shit going on. There's like people in like flowery costumes, and it's 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 okay. Like What's ballet, the best ballet, ballet? ballet, just watch Swan Lake. Swan Lake's the best ballet. Mm. You can watch Nutcracker, but it's for kids. Right. Swan Lake is. Swan Lake is weirder because there's like a wizard and uh, you don't really know what happens because every different ballet troupe has a different ending for it. Mm -hmm. Like there's a New York ballet ending, there's a Bolshoi ballet ending, there's a Marinsky ballet ending for for Swan Lake. Like when the Marinsky one is when the, the like the the, the the swan reunites with the Siegfried the prince and stuff and they all live happily ever But there's like the Bolshoi ballet is when she dies. Of course. And then... Uh, she has to die. Well, she doesn't, though, because there's also, like, a variation of the ballet where she goes off with the wizard. Oh. Right? And then, like, and she just decides to live in the fucking forest with the fucking warlock. <laughs> like, there's all kinds of shit going on. There, there, but um, it's beautiful, right? Those people are athletes. It's not table tennis where you... You know, you just see people throwing balls at each other really fast. This is, this is cool. It's like the pinnacle of human physicality. Whoa. And the, it's a sport, but it's also beautiful. Sport is beautiful incidentally. This is beautiful on purpose. Right. Right. Opera, it's just, it's it's too detached from me. It's, it's like what I was saying about wrestling. Mm -hmm. It's 300 years too late. Yeah. It was cool back then. But now, like, like in LA, we went to see, uh, fuck, I forget, Magic Flute, was it? La Traviata. Okay. Right? 
And it has that famous aria. And they go, you know, that shit. Yeah. Or is that a magic flute? I think that might have been the magic flute. Anyway, up until that aria, everything is shit. <laughs> we're just listening to it and we're like, we're trying to get into it. Yeah. And it's just like, the singing is kind of... Um, I really like classical music and I'm like, I'm a fan of classical music. I like it. But I'm sure that I like the pop parts of classical music. Sure. You know, like the famous pieces. Yeah. Because when once you go into like crazy Shostakovich stuff, I'm not smart enough to appreciate it. I don't have the background. Mm-hmm. Lisa's a little bit better at that. She understands music because she plays whatever. But I don't know. I just like with opera, I can only connect to the most pop poppy operas, which is the Barber of Seville that everyone knows from the Bugs Bunny cartoon, <laughs> right? Or like I said, the Magic Flute, where there is that fucking famous aria that you can just wait for until it happens right of the valkyries or right over the valkyries where there is you know all these famous parts batman <sighs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh that's what he's known for right isn't he like the pop star of who wagner no beethoven 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 didn't do any operas no no the the, the uh just in terms of classical music he's like the the pop star because well, everything's pop star. super S- super simple. Mozart is a super simple, simple pop star. Hmm. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Is that the only thing you know? <laughs> Your point was that you're a fan of the pop stuff. I'm trying know, to tell you the most popular of symphonies. That one's not that. I don't find like. I mean, it's good, but yeah. you know, Beethoven's best Beethoven stuff is these piano sonatas, right? Like the Pathétique, like Appassionata, like you. you, you, you you would know them if you heard them. Sure. They're famous. Uh-huh. In all the, you know, car commercials or whatever. <laughs> right. It's like the radio hour in the morning starts with like shit from like famous classical pieces. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this is what people will feel about like the doors like 200 years from now. Maybe. When, when they go into smell-o-vision and they don't care about just listening to one with one sense. I never went through a Doors phase. Uh, so I only went to one opera. It was The Handmaid's Tale. Holy Oh, no, wait. I went to two. What? I went to The Handmaid's Tale, and I went to an adaptation by Philip Glass of, like, that Leonard Cohen's poems. Possibly be good. Leonard Cohen made an opera based on... Or um, Philip Glass made an opera based on Leonard Cohen's Book of Longing. And... What's weird about the combo is Leonard Cohen is kind of like wry and funny and witty and horny. And his lyrics are being put through like these clean shirt pressed opera singers. And so his jokes, they don't land because the person is singing like this. And my erection was there in the morning. And you're just like so confused I'm just another snowman standing in the rain and sleep it's such a weird fit and god so I gave that a chance didn't like it went to go see The Handmaid's Tale and that was a similar sort of weird fit because the story's provocative you know sci-fi a lot of cool art direction um interesting kind of flashback sequences where people are like in Toronto and having a regular life. And then it's juxtaposed with 1984 scenarios where they're like, you know, forced sex with 
yeah. elitists and stuff like that and interesting costumes. But the singing is crazy. Like it's 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 contemporary Toronto, and they're just like in a a scene where like they're talking about dropping the car off and you know picking up groceries, but they're singing with that opera voice, you know, for no particular reason, and there's no rhythm to it. It's just these different combinations of notes. What oh. was uh, the best version of that that I've seen? Nixon in China, I guess. Because mm. that has good sets and it has capitalist. Uh, yeah, capitalist. Yeah. But that, 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 all that shit's just pretentious secondary stuff, right? Like the real operas, they morphed into operettas, which is Gilbert and Sullivan, which are completely listenable, right? They're okay. Modern age in general. That shit. Yeah, that's a good song. But that, that whole opera is actually really good. Or yeah. like the Mikado, also pretty good. Yeah. My dad's into that shit. Like the bat was a famous one. I remember. But, but then afterwards, they turned into the sounds of music. Yeah. And now. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. But the thing about the Andrew Lloyd Webber and Disney and all of like the low level musical stuff is uh, there's no hooks. There's tons of hooks. There's no hooks. What are you Andrew the Lloyd song Webber's structure is, I, I don't the like song structure is so middling. I, we were at uh, karaoke a couple of weeks ago and everyone was singing like Little Mermaid and stuff. It's not the st the song structures. There's like no chorus verse kind of kind of deal in any of the songs. It's all just like da 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 ba da 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 da. You know, back into the into the yeah. They're just talking with like kind of a musical accompaniment. Sea song in there. Yeah, that one's poppier. Yeah, it's a pop song. Every girl loves Little Mermaid because of that song. Well, there's a lot of songs in that movie, and the Under the Sea one is is it's the best one. It's the best With one. The Let It Go song in the fucking snow, snow. Yeah, yeah. And the Frozen song yeah. is also good, but they do a lot of middling things where it's kind of a song well, and kind of not. Of them is fillery. I want to watch Hamilton. Have you seen anything of that? I've heard the concept, and I'm like, how does that it's work? It's fucking. Excellent. I've seen stuff on YouTube. You're going to make a it's musical out of Alexander Hamilton, Hamilton? Who created the Federal Reserve? <laughs> it's fucking excellent. Like, it's like a hip hop musical, right? And, and then, like, all the cast is like black or Hispanic, and they're whoa. all like, it's, it's really good. Like, Obama had uh, the whole theater rented just for him. Whoa. And he had the fucking people perform, like, in the So White is the House. premise supposed to be insinuating that, like, oh, the founding fathers were kind of these rebels and, like, they were was Alexander Hamilton the founding father? I don't remember that. He's one of them, yeah. yeah he was. Uh, I don't really know the premise, but all I know is that they sing about politics <laughs> and at the time and like race relations and the songs are very hooky. 1776. Like cool. they're they're good songs. Like if you listen to it, they're 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 properly like they're dissing each other and stuff. It's like cats meets the, the Hall of Presidents in Disney World? Yeah. I guess everyone's into their history to a certain extent. Even Canadians are kind of into it, except there's not much there. No, I don't think any Canadian is writing a musical about Johnny McDonald. Really? His stupid He's railroad so spikes. <laughs> Lizard horses? His disabled daughter. I, I love when he got drunk, he went to like the, the meeting, like whatever, his cabinet, and said he, he saw lizard horses. He had hallucination? Yeah, he had lots of hallucinations. <laughs> that, and uh, he made the Chinese build the railroad or something. Once That's Kevin Spacey is done playing the President of the United States, he should do come to Canada and play Johnny McDonald. 
Johnny McDonald was the governor. He, did you see that Kevin Spacey is Nixon now? What? Oh, he, he He's in Elvis meets Nixon is the new Kevin Spacey oh, movie. Oh, really? Thank you. Thank you very much. So you think we should meet with him? Yes, Mr. President. During my nap hour. Yeah, and it looks hilarious. It, it sounds pretty okay. <laughs> the Nixon movies I've seen were not very good. Like yeah. the, the David Frost versus Nixon movie was terrible, kind of. Like, it was kind of silly. Kevin Spacey should just devote his, the rest of his career to playing various American presidents. He can do Clinton next. He, he can, can do, do Bush. He can definitely do Bush. Do Bush. <laughs> He's the, he can definitely get his accent down. I, uh, yeah, somebody should do Clinton. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering, like, if, when is the Clinton movie going to come out? Because Clinton is now an ancient grandpa. Yeah. Like, he, he sounds like, like a grandpa. How's the cards is supposed to be, the Clintons? Not really, though. It's a little. It's not a biopic, but it's like Bill Clinton's true not in that, spirit. Bill Clinton's not that menacing. Bill no. Clinton had a lot more charm than fucking you know Frank Underwood. He has a lot more charm. That's true. And but I would I would argue that the menace is 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 allegedly there. He's allegedly like a a dastardly criminal, but. He, but he's also a funny, funny man funny guy who fucks likes, interns with a cigar. Likes to fuck interns with a cigar. And he's like they, a former swinger, and he has a crazy fat brother who plays golf and does drugs. <laughs> and he's like, he has a weird family in Arkansas. It, there's a, they missed a lot on, on, on the Clinton side if they were going after the Clintons. Mm -hmm. they, they, it's a starting point. Yeah. It's a starting point. They've obviously and, and, and they developed evolved into a completely its different thing now. He's like this weird monster. Drama. Clinton's not a monster. He's just a weird guy. Robin Wright Penn is a stronger candidate than Hillary Clinton. <laughs> really? <laughs> I like Hillary. I don't know. People are really dished, like shitting on her, but she's actually like a really good, good candidate. I want people who acknowledge that there is difficulty in what they're saying, and yep. then there's nuance in what they're saying. And I think and that... I don't know that I, that doesn't move crowds, right? You can't just say, well. You know, I am going to maybe clean up a little part of Wall Street if I, I don't, can. I don't think he could be any more acknowledging of how difficult it is. He's calling for an all-out revolution in order to clean up the corruption in politics. Yeah. You know, he's doing his best. That's not a thing that they can do. It's just that they're kind of in a tight spot, right? Because their system is so entrenched. It's it's. It's going to take an economic, a complete economic collapse, which nobody wants because that will mean that we're out of jobs. So mm -hmm. I just, that's why I want Hillary Clinton. Just keep it, keep it steady until I'm dead. <laughs> after a while, like, this is why, like, when I talk to, like, older generations, like, especially, like, when I talk to my parents, they're devout conservatives. Like, just hang on a little bit long. Keep things the way they are yeah. so I can, so we can die get my boat. Peace. Yeah. And I can get my new drug to market. Yeah. But but th th it's, it's true, right? Because honestly, we're going to be dead. And up until we're dead, you really don't want, you know, like a nuclear war to happen or uh, a huge, like, ecological disaster to, like, strike the earth. Okay. Like, you just want to keep it, like, and the only way to do it is to keep the government very small. <laughs> yeah. And make but people what? not do anything. Okay. The less they do... The better it is. I don't subscribe to this, but I understand why people do. Because whenever all you give government power, all they I know fuck is, it up. All I know is that the people that Sanders wants to emulate are like small uh, Scandinavian countries. Which is not a good idea. That are quiet and kind of 
you know, middle along and have their own little culture and their own little innovations and they don't start wars and they're not crazy. Um, seems like a pretty good strategy. You know, like it all of like what for are, a huge multicultural country like, of four hundred million people. Like, what about the last like twenty five years? Like, what about the neoconservatives and Bush and stuff? Right? Like, did they do anything to like keep government small and to like? Oh no, no, they're keep, all terrible. Keep the boat afloat, like you're you're discussing. Like, they they destroyed the economy. They had like a disastrous war. There's like the I'm Middle not, East is in tatters. I'm not arguing for either. Right? I'm just telling you what. <laughs> and what Clinton those like think. supported all of the things. She supported the Iraq War invasions she supported you know repealing glass seagulls she's gonna be destructive oh yeah she's gonna be terrible but like you talked you you were you've been spending the last like couple of months realizing that clinton was one of the worst american presidents right oh yeah and she was the supporter like she, everybody knows that she's like one of his main advisors so what makes you think that she'll be any better than clinton she's been there in the long for a long time and in the middle of the actual like decision making process so i'm hoping she's not gonna fuck it up anymore because she can at least make decisions. Based I don't on see the any evidence of that. Class. She's such a terrible campaigner. She makes so many gaffes. She's so fake. Like she, she says things that she knows that people are going to be able to dig up on YouTube for her saying like the exact opposite. She's but she doesn't history. care. She's too much history. He's very well, arrogant. Trump doesn't care either, right? He says all kinds of stuff. And well, he's he's the troll, right? Like yeah. he's deliberately fucking things up, and his he's his so, supporters he's like so that. He does he's that. he's the head now. He's like he just he wants to fail, but nobody's letting him. <laughs> and I promise, I'm killing everyone in the polls. I can guarantee this. I'm killing everyone in the polls. And if I'm elected president, I will kill everyone. I promise you that. I oh, I mean, like, last saying, week, like, just things... saying, like, okay, we're going to punish the ladies that have abortions. Yeah. Yeah. Of course people are going to freak out. He really wants to fail. I feel mm -hmm. like he's, like, self-destructive, but nobody understands that. They're yeah. just like, yeah, good. Punish those bitches. <laughs> he will fail. He's down to, at, against both Clinton and Sanders. He's losing. Well, yeah, he's, they're gonna, the Democrats are going to sweep all the states probably <laughs> in this election unless they have like run against Kasich or whatever. A little war started out today, by the way. What and There's, a, there's a, that territory between Armenia and Azerbaijan called Nagorno-Karabakh. Uh-oh. And uh, the Azerbaijanis attacked today. It's a huge country, right? There's like, I don't know, 30 million people in there. And then Armenia is like 5 million people. Whoa. And Armenia is in a, in a, a self-defense pact with Russia. It's kind of a great game going on right now because Russia is fucking around with Turkey. Mm -hmm. Like they're fighting over Kurds oh. in Syria because, uh, you know, you know what's happening there, right? No, I don't know. You know what's happening in Syria, right? <laughs> Russia helped Assad reconquer the country, basically. Mm -hmm. Now Assad's in charge again. Right. Almost and the, the Americans country. are okay with that because and the Americans least... are kind of okay with that. They're like, they're still saying, Assad has to go. He gassed his own people, but quietly they're like well he's a dictator but he's secular he's an eye doctor so maybe he's not gonna guess any more people and uh it was just a phase he's better he than guessed ISIS. a little bit of people he guessed a little bit of people it's out but of his system that might have now. been a mistake who the fuck knows it's out of his system now he promises to do better the only thing is uh both russia well russia didn't used to support the kurds they used to be friends with turkey because turkey has a president that's kind of like putin he's like a big strong man mm-hmm and he's really sensitive when people criticize him, so he puts everyone who criticizes him in jail. Mm. And um, but uh, yeah, they they, uh, they took out a Russian plane. I love the the own people caveat too. That's always what the Americans have a problem with. 
It's like you massacred your own people. Yeah. It's not even your enemy. We massacre our enemies all the time, but your own people. They also kill a whole bunch of black people every day, in their with their own police force. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that. Anyways, continue. Yeah, but yeah, uh, so you remember the plane incident, right? When uh, Russia was flying those planes, bombing ISIS. Yeah, somebody mostly, shot down the plane. Mostly, they were mostly bombing animal, uh, like enemies of Assad, right, to clear out the path for his, you know, for his uh, war units. Uh, it's like Civ. It's like real life Civ, mm. it, or like the great game that was happening between like France, England, and all that shit back in the. World War One, kind of before that. And you're still paranoid right? that like the dominoes will fall, and then World War Three. Uh, it's a little bit better right now. There's no World War Three, although Russia didn't. It seems like the Americans are siding with the Russians, where they're just like, "How do we get back to stability here? What do you Obama's guys exactly want in this?" He doesn't want to commit any troops to anything because he's really afraid of getting into another Iraq or Afghanistan. As all of them should be. And he's uh, he's Obama has like a very. Um, he doesn't have a clear strategy. He just knows he doesn't want to get fucked, especially before he leaves. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, while Obama was twiddling his thumbs, 200,000 people died in Syria. This is what happens when like a great power doesn't act or acts. It's really, he's, he's really doomed. Whatever, whatever he does is going to be stupid. People are going to die. So this time he didn't act and 200,000 people died and Europe is swarmed with the refugees now. Like the three million people are just like trying to escape to Europe. They're better off there. Uh, yeah, but in the meantime, I just there's, wish... a, there's all kinds of other dominoes, right? Because the, the uh, one million refugees in Germany makes neo-Nazi parties come up. Like there's uh, and and both Germany and France, there's all the right-wing resurgence right now. Like they're all getting like 17, 20 percent of the vote, and all they need is to get like 35 percent of the vote, and then it'll get like things will get really fucked. <laughs> Right, like Sweden used to be the socialist paradise, like Bernie Sanders loves to say. But now they have what, like, two hundred thousand refugees in there who are all like, not necessarily educated, kind of PTSD infused people from the Middle East. Yeah, very different culture. They I suppose it is a bit patronizing to assume that they're going to be good people. They're just going to be people. They're, some they're of them people. are going to be good. A, some know, of them are going to be criminals, uh, 80% so normal people. Religious crazy people. There's, a, there's all kinds of people, right? But it's a, it's a, there's a big culture clash, right? They don't know the language. They're just mm -hmm. there. They're trying to escape the war. They're, they're normal people, right? There's families. There's assholes. There's, there's all kinds of shit. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're, they're influencing local politics, right? Because like Sweden used to be like number, number two in like education, but now they're like down to number 10 just because of it. All the refugees that didn't have any class for the last two years because they were getting Somebody called the statistician. President. They don't count. Yeah, they do. It, wait a generation. It's good, they but assimilate. you know you have to wait a generation. And for you, you know, you're not gonna wait a generation. You're gonna die before the generation ends, right? For you, life is gonna get worse. Maybe you'll die, bro. I'm gonna. Be, I'm here for the long run. Well, sure. You've done all your brain to <laughs> electric sheep, whatever. Uh, but yeah, back to like Syria, I guess. There's a, so the Turkish, I think I've explained this in the last podcast or something, like, oh, they, like, they know. We always go through a presidential election uh, recap yeah. and, uh, you yeah. know, what the hell's going on in the wars. I'll, yeah. I'll come up with some theme music for your segments. I really like, uh, yeah, nobody, nobody likes <laughs> You politics. get the anime review. You know, you, the, you know what's weird? Yeah. If I talk to my parents about, like, well, like, how I talk to my friends about, like, politics, and they would be confused because, like, why aren't you guys following this shit? Yeah. 
This is weird that nobody else is interested. Because really. I'm trying to project myself into the Star Trek future and ignore all of these Star geopolitical Trek, Star things. Star Trek future had lots of geopolitical conflicts. <laughs> they constantly go to all kinds of remedial planets and help them resolve their conflicts. So, like, that's mm -hmm. what Picard was known for. Yeah. Anyway. You don't think that like uh, Western obliviousness has a positive effect? Like, if you're just focusing on making cool, fun stuff... People across the world would go like, oh, the West, they're not all bad. I don't know what you mean by the West. The West, just like America? Canada, it's not all bad. It's got things like Idea Grave and fucking Rick, Rick Mercer. I have never heard of Canada before my parents Trailer decided Park to Boys. immigrate to Canada. Drake, are you familiar with Drake? I told you what I knew when I was moving to Canada, right? I looked up Canada and I found a music video called The Old Apartment by the Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> And I thought that Rock was Canadian culture. The old That's the only thing I knew. I didn't. I did not ever see anything else. And I was like, "They're hairy in Canada." Okay. Big mustache. I guess that's a thing. And that's it. And then I. What else did I look up? I just honestly, I thought you guys were a state. Hmm. <laughs> that's like Wisconsin. Yeah, maple kinda. syrup. Yeah, it kind of is like the Northern American states are very similar to Canadian. Uh, there is a little bit of difference in mentality. Like you watch Fargo, that could have taken place in Canada. Yeah, there, there's America has like this weird imperial boner, like that is, that Canada doesn't have. Canada has an inferiority complex that uh, permeates everything. Mm. Like they always feel inferior and embarrassed. Yeah, we're a bit insecure. It's which is better. It's good. It's good to be sure. insecure. It's much better than being like a you know. I'm the best. Check out my my patriotism. It's so big. Mm. Yeah, no, you don't want that. Like a, a lot of. But uh, I was going. I was going on about the war between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Yeah, what are you worried about? Well, it's uh, Turkey is Azerbaijan's buddy, right? So there's they're, they're basically it's going to be a big proxy war again if they, if it keeps going. You think this is a big domino? Uh, I don't think it's going to continue. I think Russia's going to put a stop to it. Mm -hmm. But they had like 200 people die today, Ooh. just like and then they. Shut down helicopter and shit. That's a, it's one of those frozen conflicts that Russia likes to uh, ferment around themselves. Right. That they don't have an empire anymore. Like, uh, well, they kind of their empire, the, their fake empire consists of like you know how like America has just bases around the world and that's what the empire is. Sure. Their empire is whichever country they have a base in. Russian empire is in all kinds of neighboring countries. They have frozen conflicts. There's a frozen conflict in Ukraine. There's a frozen conflict in Moldavia. There's a fro frozen conflict in like Nagorno-Karabakh and in Georgia, which is in the Kafkazes. There's just different republics that were badly divided by the Soviet Union that have one ethnicity majority but belong to a different country. Oy. So they start fighting and then Russia comes in with peacekeepers and they're just there now. And it's their laws, and it's basically like a Russian enclave. And kind of bit and by bit, they reestablished the land that they lost from Well, the not bit, they don't want the land because it's just expensive, right? They just want to establish a zone of influence, right? Because mm. that means that they have influence over both sides, right? They negotiate, they sell arms to both of them, they, uh, they, they create economic ties, they, they, they play them against each other, right? And they can also, like, they have a frozen conflict in the Ukraine right now, so they can pressure Europe, they can pressure America. So couldn't, you know, America and the, uh, 
and Russia just get together with China and say, like, look, we're going to do a UN, UN initiative where we put UN bases in every country. And Why would do... anyone want UN bases in their country? Just a world police type of thing. That's where... a terrible idea. Do you know where the UN troops come from? I don't know. Like they could evenly divide them between all of the countries. Well, in uh, they, 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 they contribute, right? Just contributions, right? So, so in Africa, the UN troops are mostly from like countries that have big militaries, like African countries, right? So like from Ghana, from Kenya, and stuff. And they're they're the same as regular military, except they don't have a mandate to fight, really. So there's like genocides going around them and they're just sitting in their base watching. <laughs> playing cards. Yeah, playing cards or, you know, like there, recently there was this big scandal how they did like they're just UN troops just were raping everyone in sight. Oh, just going around raping people. Yeah, that's not the model and, I like, was advocating. Just, yeah, there's, uh, like the UN is not really that efficient. Or... I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like uh, you draw upon, you draw, you know, soldiers from every... Uh, established military around the world and you kind of evenly divide them among the UN bases so who's in, in charge? every country the UN well who the fuck is the UN like all of the signatories Do you really the think that there. the US army is gonna let some fucking Korean bureaucrat be in charge of their military unit you know they wouldn't do any attacking right they're kind of a stability force uh -huh. that's so, so what's happening now advocate. they're sitting in their base and watching the genocide go on it this just seems like every country kind of knows the balance. What's of... the national interest here for the country to contribute troops to this amazing initiative? I don't know. What's the national interest of them having like a proxy war and oh, there's tons raping stuff. Economic and... economic interests, political interests. Like Putin's uh, having his authority propped up just by having you know those proxy conflicts where he's reestablishing Russian nationalism, and they're you know he said uh, it like. Are you kidding me? Of course people want to have proxy wars. That's how they test new weapons to sell to other countries. Like, can't we all just work on a space elevator? Yeah. Uh, Russia has like $50 billion of new contracts from all the commercials they did in Syria. Mm -hmm. this, was a, this was a commercial enterprise for them. They made their money back. <sighs> they spent all of their old ammunition... And now they're gone. They just pulled their troops out, and uh, you know now they just have two bases in there. And if they want, they can bring the like army back. Did you ever Did you ever watch Catch Twenty Two, the Mike Nichols movie? I like the book, the book a lot. The book is great. You should the, You should read the, I, listen the, to the. It's probably book. the same as the movie. I don't know, but that, that's one aspect of Catch Twenty Two is that the one John Voight character has like this scheme going on where he's made a deal with the the Nazis to uh to keep the war going so yeah. that they can use up their supplies and he can like sell them excess ammo and stuff and make money under the table yeah but that's what you know i don't like it's logical but absurd you know there's other ways that we could be you know they can be making ipads or something really uh, people i don't know it's just People are going to do what they know how to do, right? If they know how to fight, they're just going to keep making weapons. If they know how to make iPads, they're going to keep making iPads. You have to uh, you have to have a precedent. The Russians can learn how to make a lot of different stuff. And so can the Americans. They don't need to just focus on weapons. It's so low level. Well, they don't need to, but the places that do, that's what they do. 
there's also there's, there's... you you mentioned Civ, right? Like there's yeah. different strategies. You can become you know focused on culture, exporting culture, or focusing on exporting. You sure can. But the best <laughs> strategy in Civ is to kill everyone on the map. <laughs> Sometimes when I play Civ, I leave uh, like a preserve. Mm -hmm. Like I have like a civilization that I basically killed in like the Stone Age, <laughs> but I live one city with like one one person in it. <laughs> And I surround it by my Rebuild. units so they can never get out. And I destroy all their farms you so they can never grow. You so make I make a zoo. Because I don't want to destroy a civilization. A perfect Syrian. Yeah, so, so I get like Babylon and I surround it by like on every square so they can never get like an, a settler out and like make another city. And I just, you know, and, and, and I never make peace with them. So in the game, they, the the one unit represents like a stable breeding population that's going to be able to... Just live on that square forever? Yeah. <laughs> and make sure that they don't die. The last white tiger? Well, because, you know, I feel sad for, like, extinct, like, exterminating all the Indians. And I still want to talk to Gandhi, like, in the year 2010. But, yeah, that's that's what you do. That's that Civ strategy translates exactly to the real world. Have you ever heard of no, that, uh, that thing uh, about Germans being super interested in Native Americans? Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah, they yeah, have, yeah. Like, they a had thing big for Native Americans. That, that fucking thing, the. The Apache song, remember? And I can't help but think that it's, it's, it's some sort of tie into the Nazis, right? Where they're somewhat envious that the American Empire was able to, like, extinguish their um, indigenous population. Everyone. And have everybody just kind of forget. <laughs> you remember the Apache they don't song? Bring it up. But don't, don't you see back? Apache. Brave warrior. <laughs> that guy was German? I think so. He looked Brave German. Warriors of the land. <laughs> also had the Chinggis Han song. People dressed like Indians. I think. Me and the, Dean were into that Apache song. Yeah, everyone was into that Apache song. Like 2004? Earlier than that. This is like. <laughs> fuck. Every time I mention 2004 now, I feel old. Yeah, I can't believe it was 13. Just 12 years ago, 12 yeah. 12 years ago. It's fucked up. Mm -hmm. Time flies. Every time somebody asks you, so uh, when did you finish college? I'm like, ugh. A while ago. That's a long time ago. <laughs> then my mom was talking to me the other day and how she she was she was saying that like your childhood feels always closer to you than like a year ago. Right. Because that's when you consume the most information. Uh, so that's actually, you've actually lived more when you were a child. Yeah. Like every day is like a month. Mm. Because everything's new, right? Right now, I wake up, I stare at my computer for 10 hours, I go home, I stare at my computer for 5 hours, and I go to sleep. I kind of agree with you, but to me, the difference is emotional intensity. I definitely consume more yep. information than I used to at that time, but the difference was that I was afraid of everything when I was that age. So my memories are much more potent. You know, talking to people for the first time was a big deal and making new friends and all that kind of stuff. And now it's kind of like everything in the world is a little bit more boring because I'm used to it. Yeah, there's so also no, you know, but that, that's what the, the, the information is not just what you consume. It's also what you just perceive with your torso. Right. So like you look outside and you see a dog that you haven't seen before, right? I've seen every kind of dog at this point. But when you're a kid, you've seen maybe two two dogs that like your uncle. There's a brought. paradigm shift that yeah. happens when you realize that people keep four-legged pets and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and it like makes a spark in you. Like I don't think I have not seen an animal that exists at this point. I think I've seen every animal. 
or yeah. I've seen every type of person of a certain height. Mm -hmm. I think that you'll probably remember your mushroom trip. That was a new experience. It was okay. Yeah. yeah. Should do another one. You can go way deeper. I'm sure, I, and I should. <laughs> just don't want to have the stomach pains. Yeah, mushrooms always make you nauseous. nauseous. You just do It'd be good if, instead. Yeah, if there's any acid around, that's the thing. It's, I would like to do better. that. I think doesn't make you nauseous. The, that, that, yeah, I don't want to be nauseous or barfy or my stomach. Mm-hmm. So I saw I saw little demons dancing in in a like a fractal. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it starts. Mm -hmm. And then you know. I, there was this one time when me and when I went to a different planet, and uh, when I came to, Dean's head was inside of his shirt. That's he was, fucking he awesome. was like he was turtled uh. into the thing, and when he emerged, Shannon and Andrea showed up, and they had like an aura glowing around them, and they were like, "How you guys doing?" and stuff. We we're like, "We ate all the mushrooms," and Dean was like, "There was a disco party inside my <laughs> shirt." That's uh. Like, mm -hmm. Sounds like I could just make that up. And, and, you've got a new paradigm shift coming up with the VR stuff. There's probably going to be lots of cool VR. <sighs> anyway, I need to make some. We need to get on the on board of this because we've missed the mobile wave. Yeah. We completely missed it. Yep. We've missed the internet wave. Yep. So, if we don't get on this wave, we're like, I don't know. We're just going to be doing... Not very good be, surfers. Yeah, we're, you're going to be talking to the... That would, your style would look amazing in a VR experience. That super flat, like, cartoon stuff. Oh, God, I need to do it. And your, how weird it is. Like, that would be a remarkable kind of thing to promise people. You're like, a VR experience. Like, you can imagine fucking Membrane is the VR experience. Oh, God, I just... It's... Let's make Membrane VR experience. Sure, fine. I just... Every time I like, I think about it, I like my my, my my face just falls down because I start thinking about all the work I have to do. But we can and break it up. We can divide it. Okay, I, I'll come into that. I just nobody ever helps me, eh? I I I. I this is this is the thing. This is what 2016 has to be about. We have to achieve our. We have to decide on goals and help each other achieve them. I, 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 like, it's like herding cats, especially with Cam, because like he always changes the well, subject. Whenever uh, Cam's he... into family stuff now. That's it. He's, he's, <laughs> he's yeah. He's he's doing family shit. Mm -hmm. uh, he's he's he's, ma he's making like a unit. Yeah. He's gonna buy a van. <laughs> the van is the next stage. Yeah. Well, you know what's gonna them. happen, right? They're gonna buy a house. They're gonna have a child. Anyway, membrane. The VR experience. Are uh, you down? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, obviously, I want to do all of that stuff, but it's, it's just I don't know. Like, I feel like uh, the other thing that we I don't might have do, missed the boat. We don't exploit on everything. We don't exploit children enough either. Oh, you get hire some hire some. You interns? just need some lots of interns, and we'll pay them like fifty dollars a week, and they'll be happy to be involved in like a real project. Fuck, I'll give them a hundred bucks. I don't care. <laughs> That's a thing, a though. Week. I have money. I like. Good. I can spend money on a project now. Yeah. It's yeah. that our problems are not intellectual or creative. They're social. We have social problems that need to be addressed. They... We need to become better leaders, and we need to be better at like picking a direction. And so, I was listening to an interview with uh, the dude from Deep Space Nine, mm -hmm. Charlto Copley. Okay, he's the South African dude, right? He I was, like Deep uh, Space Nine. Not Deep Space Nine, sorry. Uh, District Nine. District Nine. Yeah. Bloom Camp. No, the other guy, the main actor. Oh, okay, yeah. Charlton Copley. Mm -hmm. 
And he's saying he improvised all of the scenes in District 9, which explains a lot. But that Bloomcamp expected that. That's yeah, why he likes they're, that. They're guy. like they're they're special like friends from high school. But mm-hmm. uh, he apparently uh, he started a TV channel in South Africa when he was 20. And he owned like this big uh, media empire by the time he was 30. And at 35, he like became an actor. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that... If you don't have a personality for like being like a proper leader, yeah, you're fucked. No, no, no. You have no. to be a technician. No, no, no. There's really nothing else you can do. People aren't born leaders. Being a leader makes you charismatic. That's why Bill Gates is successful, and he and also Steve Jobs, and they have nothing in common. And also Mark Zuckerberg, and they have nothing in common. And also all of them are different. Mark Zuckerberg's not the China. The Alibaba guy is very different than Mark uh, Bezos is very different than Alibaba. Who's that? Jack Ma? Yeah. What's his name? Is that him? Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's. You're it's charismatic very, enough. It's all very daunting to think about, and uh, I'm starting to feel really old. Like even in like my studio when I'm sitting there, I'm like I'm 35. It's fucking weird to say. Yeah. And. Uh, but it's funny that like within two years it's gone from a position of like not ready to being too old to start <laughs> i know it's well like that's just you being afraid is it yeah well, i was thinking i was too old to start when i was in like 20 25 dude like i was like oh this guy's 19 and he's already done so much i'm yeah. fucked it's you just you're just being uh well, it's, 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 like if you look at directors the average age for people to make their first major thing is 33. that's the so year it happens we're out no. I don't know. It's 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 weird. You're about ready to start when you're in your 30s. Yeah, I suppose. And I'm good at what I late. do. There's lots of people who are like in their 60s that still well, do I, I don't know. It's, it's all very, very weird. <laughs> Where's this? Uh, it's, it, I don't have You any, need to get your mojo up. I have no confidence. You need to all. like start hitting a tire with a, with a, with a hammer and... I guess doing your your so. Batman exercises. I just need some, uh, yeah. Uh, I need to make something and then get some positive reinforcement. But it's not really. But first, I have to make something, which means I have to quit my job. Mm-hmm. And to quit my job, I need to probably either get fired or laid off, because I am. I do not have the mindset of quitting. Right. Like I don't know how to quit jobs. Mm-hmm. Can you quit know. a job? Well, I did. We had a revolt at when we were doing this, the shoe thing. Yeah. I was sitting in the shoe department designing shoes with Dean. And then one time I just turned to Dean and I was like, I think I'm going to resign. And, and he's have... like, what do you mean? I'm like, I think I'm going to type up a resignation letter and resign today. And I went to the bathroom when I came back and Dean's like, I'm going with you. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the Jerry Maguire moment. I'm starting a new company. And the fish will come with me. You can call me sentimental. The fish, they're coming with me. <laughs> and so we went down to the, the president's office. And we sat down and we were like, I don't want to disrupt the department or whatever, but I kind of want to okay. do filmmaking stuff. And I was thinking about resigning. And then, you know, we'll, I'll, put, I'll give you like two months notice and we'll train our... Uh, replacements and things will be fine. We can like do liaison, whatever. Uh, after the fact, after we leave, 
and they were receptive. He's like, well, thanks for giving me plenty of notice. That makes it a lot easier. Um, you know, we'll talk about it later. So uh, we go back up to her office and we tell Dean's dad, who was our lead designer. He's like, oh, you guys achieve your dreams. That's what you got to do. But if they ask you to sign anything, don't do it. Because they will fire you immediately and you will get no benefits. And I was like, really? And I was naive. I hadn't had a real job before. So I was like, trust Andreas, right? So anyways, uh, HR comes up and they say like, hey guys, so we heard that you were leaving. You're going to have to like put it in writing in order to make it official. Because like you can't just have off the cuff like discussions with your boss like that. You like there's documents oh, yeah, you have to that need to be list, yeah. put forward in writing. So that, like, you don't come back six months later and say, like, oh, they pushed me out of my job and I didn't really want to go. It just avoids all the hearsay. So it's like now that I've had other jobs, I know that that's like a standard formality. It wasn't a conspiracy. Like, oh, you got paranoid? Us. So we got paranoid and we kept on refusing to, like, submit in writing that we were leaving. And everyone got more and more confused in the company. What? And it caused, like, complete chaos to the point, like, where three weeks later the uh the owner of the company mm -hmm. um the old patron the guy who founded the place came in and he had like a big office meeting we called everybody in and they're sitting around the round the, the board table and he looks at us right in the face he's like what's all this craziness happening he's like you got to tell us right now one way or the other are you leaving or staying and me and Dean were just like leaving He's like, motherfucker. And he's like, he's like, he's like, you don't try this at any other companies. You try this at any other companies you work at and they will gouge out your eyes and skull fuck you. Right. <laughs> and I was just like kind of stone faced. And Dean was like trying to stop from laughing because the, the head of the company was like this little Armenian guy. who's like bald and his personality was like so huge. Like he could really fill a room even though he was like a little midget dude. Yeah. He was so mad at us. So we... Uh, so I like got, I signed the resignation letter thing and I left and I was so surprised that like you get severance regardless of whether you quit or are fired. No, you don't. There's what? like a certain amount of like weeks that you're entitled for pay that align oh, with where you are full time. That doesn't have full time anymore. stuff. So yeah, yeah, you get I a week get worth of severance for... for every year that you're there. So if you're there for uh, I was there for like two and a half years. So I got like three and a half weeks plus my one week of whatever. You know how they don't pay you for the first pay cycle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They give you two weeks. So I was like still getting paid and stuff. And I was at home. Yeah, and yeah. I had my savings built up because I had been there for like two years. And it was great. The fact that you quit. And that's why you got the runway that I had lasted. I was 10 years. And I had, uh, if I hadn't had my student debt, I would still be just doing freelance stuff yeah. because it's really the student debt it becomes like a tax. It's like $500 a month that you're just burning because of the interest on your $40,000 student loan. I was load. so happy when I paid it off. <laughs> 40 grand. God damn. And all you receive in the mail is a congratulations. Your loan is paid in full. I got steaks. <laughs> I went to the best steak in place in Toronto and I drank that Wagyu steak. I, we, spent, like, we spent 500 bucks and it was the best meat I've ever eaten in my So life. massaged, you can drink it with a straw. It was. I, you saw the video. They massage them. They play Mozart to them. They they, they drink beer. Those cows live better than most people. <laughs> Until they're slaughtered and consumed. Which is still better than most people. 
What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, quitting would be nice, but we'll see. We'll see. My contract's out in August. Mm. I'm probably not gonna search for a new job right away. Mm. Although I'm still searching for new jobs. But I, I, like, I'm also kind of, I'm not doing super well at my job right now. Mm. I don't think anyone is, but it's really like the production is awful. And the, the struggle all. is what's making it worse. Yeah, I'm really so. stressed all the time. Mm. And, um, Why don't you go back to Chorus? That was a fine job. That job's dead. It's that gone. That department is collapsed. They dissolved it. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you were the linchpin. I guess so. I don't know. It's just, uh, they, they have two people working there. It's just like the, the ancient art director lady that's been just there since the 60s or whatever. And uh, an asshole programmer that gets paid like 300 grand a year. Hmm. And they're all, they're both just maintaining stuff. I don't think they're making anything new. And do you have friends that you used to work with in that department that... There's no more, know? there's not other people there. But what are they doing now? My like, friend where have they gone off is, to? Uh, the, the head digi of digital for the Hamilton Tiger Cats now. Whoa. So, uh, he could commission me to do a fucking game for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. You could do a football game. I have no interest in that. <laughs> he was asking me, he's like, so do you know any studios that would make like a, like a, like a football game? And you I'm can like, animate Pigskin Pete. I do you know the Hamilton Tiger Cat cheer? I don't care. Oski Wee Wee, Oski Wawa, Holy Mackinac, Tigers, eat em raw. Are you a fan? I'm from Hamilton. Are you a fan? <laughs> I should meet Adam. He's a he's a man from Stony Creek. Mm. Is, a, is he my age? He's a, what is he? One year younger. Oh, cool. He probably remembers the Stony Creek dairy. He used to kill mosquitoes for a living, and then he became a producer. Nice. That's that's a path. I need that. We, pivot. Did, we did a really stupid thing, by the way. We should have all been producers. Instead, we went into technical stuff. Yeah. That's a dead end. I can be a producer. I've produced lots of stuff. You've produced lots of stuff. Yeah. But what does it say in your resume? I, I, Are you like I, a print designer? I, 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 I. Yeah. I can put producer on my resume. You should. I've been nominated for much music awards. Which is, uh, yeah, that's, that's used to be impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Does much music still exists? I don't think so. It's just like a sneeze that people do. Much music. <laughs> <laughs> music videos? What, that YouTube stuff? Everyone, everyone around me used to make music videos at the animation studios. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I used to do music videos. Mm -hmm. I'm working on uh, fucking Daniel Tiger's neighborhood. <laughs> what uh, was the napkin? Napkin man? Yeah, goddamn. I, I, it's, it's so depressing. Every day at work is so sad. I, I, it, uh, it's. A you know what? You know what I think is adding to our general level of malaise. Yeah. This 2016 is the year that the internet went towny. All of the townies are all online the now, are on and like it's changing the internet. The internet feels like cable TV now. You can't go to it's Reddit all, anymore. It's all full of assholes. It's all full of assholes. There's ads on everything that used to be cool, and we need to like flee back to like SMS. Well, yeah, go on Slack. We should we should install Slack by the way. Are yeah. you using Slack yet? We need our own little network that just has fifteen people on it, and we ignore no everything exclusivity. else. It's just like. Like Tumblr is overrun, like with just stupid porn mm -hmm. and uh, blogs that are not even blogs. People just post images. Everyone's on Instagram right now, which I don't even have because I don't have time or interest in it. It's making me feel better that I've realized this though, because 
I thought I couldn't understand like whether I had just become washed up. I'm like, it used to feel like when I would post something on the internet, people would actually care. But now there's so many mainstream people watering down the discussions that your work is just not penetrating. Well, like, I, it's... I stopped posting stuff on Facebook because, mm -hmm. first of all, there's a lot of people on my Facebook that I just don't want to see anything. <laughs> like, I don't want my dad to like be able to see whatever fuck I'm posting. Like, that's not a he'll thing. He'll be very proud of you that you're so interested in geopolitics. Well, it's aside from, well, no, he'll become stupid because he has his own opinion. And he'll be like, you don't know anything, and this is how things are. And the fact that you're saying this publicly means you're retarded. Right. That's what he would say. Yeah, because the NSA is recording it. Well, aside from that. Mm. But it's just, I don't want anyone to be reading anything I have to say. Mm -hmm. I don't, like, aside from, like, I think... I probably have stuff to contribute that's interesting. Yeah. But I don't want people on the internet consuming it. Right. Like, I want, like I want my back my niche audience yeah. of, like, 50 people that I used to be friends with. Yeah. And then just, like, Me too. post it. And it's just, you know, those guys. Mm -hmm. They'll say thumbs like up. It, like, like, like this podcast, right? You don't fucking want everyone to listen to it. Would you really? No. No, it's I don't care. just for our friends. Right? Like unless... For me, it's an it's just a way of organizing my own thoughts because yeah. I find like unless I spit something out, or sometimes I surprise myself. Like you'll just be brainstorming, and a cool idea will just come out, yeah. and it wouldn't have we happened. More if of you that. Had... Yeah. It'd be a nice podcast. <laughs> just brainstorming shit instead of just talking about. Hey, I thought about this. I watched this other thing. Because it's it become like a it's like a laundry list, right? I'm just like I'm telling you a laundry list of things I thought about. Like yes. Last Days. Well, in my opinion, as a fan of Ilya, there's material that's come up. You had an interesting bit about, like, the ballet and how it, like, you know, the athleticism of it and stuff. And you talked about... Your fascination with, pers like, with basic human stories is good and all, <laughs> but none of, none of it is special. Every person you meet has, you know... That's how you said, like, this, this, this old disgusting banal thing how everyone has enough material for one book mm -hmm. it's their autobiography everyone's yeah. life is interesting it's true it's the most boring thing ever <laughs> all you can talk about is yourself you should shut the fuck up and i should definitely shut the fuck up everyone keeps putting so much pressure on me i don't know what i want for my birthday i have too much chips for my dip if i open a new dip i'll have too much dip for my chips no, that's we should all shut up. <laughs> like it's, it's, we should just pass quietly into history. Well, that will happen whether you shut up or not. <laughs> Everything dies. Mm. I subscribe to Facebook has uh, like I subscribe to like a nihilism page. Oh, cool! And it sends me nihilist things every day. Nice. And they're all really sad. <laughs> I was just reading it, and like every morning I wake up, and it's just like, you are nothing, and everything else is meaningless. And I'm reading it, and I'm like, yep, that's that's good. Pretty much. Yep. As he takes his drink. Yep. <laughs> um, Todd recently closed his Propocalypse party. Uh, he founded a, a political party yeah, yeah, yeah. In, uh, in college that was like, bring on the apocalypse. That sounds good. <laughs> and uh, he's, he's reversed well, I guess it. Trump is already almost president oh he's not almost president yeah although he's doing an excellent job at hypnotizing people into like constantly saying that so who knows he's not lisa's really afraid of it because like, when we lived in the states she like started hating it 
because before she thought she like she could live there, right? And we were like, oh, we're gonna have a good time. Mm-hmm. And we realized there's so many cave caveats yeah. in like living there that are like destroying everything good that we ever felt about Every it. Every non-white person that I talk to about like visiting New York City says like, oh yeah, I'd like to go there. Too racist. <laughs> They'll say it's that. So racist. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck, the segregation it's is the real. Most liberal. It's the most liberal place in the United it's States. It's so fucking racist. Mm. I don't want to keep. I don't want to be shitting on the states because it's it's a, it's a long, Big long it's a long long thing to do because it's every big country you can shit on forever, right? Mm-hmm. Canada's just really small. Yep. Like there's not a lot of things to shit on. Like it's like people outside of Toronto shit on Toronto because it's there. But yeah, it's just you can feel like you were just in New York, right? Yeah. Couldn't you feel like the competitive energy? Just people are hustling all the time. Yeah. Right, you can just feel it. It's the thing like that's amazing head. is that every shitty nail salon that you pass, every barber shop, every convenience store is rammed with people and super busy and doing amazingly well. Yeah, and you go like, "How is their commerce like at such a, a level where it has just to be? Otherwise, they, everywhere they go, everyone goes bankrupt and dies. Right, mm-hmm. you have to keep it at the really high level. You have to keep hustling. You have to keep working all the fucking time because if you just stop for a little bit, you're out instantly you have to move back to iowa <laughs> or you know they they get used up and spit out and somebody else joins the hub because it's got a powerful branding it's pulling in all the newbies i don't know if it does anymore mm-hmm. like uh, i i don't know anyone who wants to move to new york anymore right do you not really right it's just people have figured it out <laughs> people still want to move to maybe london or something like Berlin, but just because, you know. nice places to visit I think the new the new status thing that seems to be growing in our generation is the idea of being in a, a super linked up high tech hub, but way out in the country. So you've got like solar panels and a good internet connection, but you live in the middle of nowhere. That and seems then, to be. You have to have your friends around it. Uh, well, unless you're compound? like antisocial. We can build a compound. Yeah, like Fallout. Mm-hmm. You played Fallout a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you getting tired? No. Okay. You? No. Yeah, I'm not tired at all. It's tomorrow's Sunday. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Fucking sleep in. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to go yada, to yada, yada. Gonna yoga. Mm-hmm. Twitch. Yoga and then D&D. Yeah. D&D party. Fuck. I guess... Uh, I'm going to set all sorts of traps for you. Are you going to be a DM? sorts of mind puzzles. There's going to be multi-levels. You thought about it? There's going to be people going into dream consciousness. And then you'll have to like go into their dream and try to rescue them. Okay. <laughs> as a D, like a like a like a DM thing for you yes. is the most important thing is make it funny. Okay. Because if you fail at like quests or whatever, and people don't get it, or they just do random stuff, like yeah. if you play with Rob and he starts punching cactuses or whatever, mm-hmm. just make it funny. I can improvise. Yeah, that's all. That's all it has to be. I don't, I, I don't like think last we kept time. I was enough. so tired, I couldn't do anything. I was just like, oh, whatever. You're in a store. Just. Okay, a very important character has come to you with a message. Rob punches it and kills it. (laughs) Okay, so the story doesn't go anywhere. I had this whole thing set up how, like, that bus driver was going to help you and stuff. And, like, he had... You just had to put armor on him or something to make him indestructible. Well, no, no, you have to to play with the characters, right? If they want to kill something, they're not going to stop. Rob wasn't going to stop. 
So I thought he'd come back every day, eventually Rob would like listen to what he has to say, but you know, you have to play more than one session for that kind of shit to happen. I just feel like it's more realistic to have consequences, like the reason that you can't just beat up the real world is that the police will come and they will kill you. <laughs> That's not interesting though, because if, yeah. if, you, if you kill your character, if you kill your players, they will get sad and want, want to play, mm -hmm. right? You have to keep I'm just saying, a little bit of pushback. Yeah, a little bit of pushback. There has to be a little bit of consequence. It's like, yes, you can kill him, but the downside is you also you can you can you also can't negotiate. If they want to do something, you have to let them do it, right? Because otherwise, it's just not like it's not D and D anymore. Like you can't negotiate with God. Yeah, you just do something, and then you see what happens. Yeah, but you know. I, eventually, I'll get a book, and we'll properly go through character creation, and then do that for real. I like the improvised right. style, improvised though. I stuff, think this will work. But it, it's, it's going to be improvised anyway, right? But like when you hit something, instead of me saying, give me a number between 1 and 20, we can actually see what, what the defense is of that yeah. character, and what is your attack, and throw a die. I don't know if that if legacy was even, was even necessary. I don't think we need... I, I think in my version, I don't think I'm going to have hit points at all. You don't have to. You can yeah. just say you hit him, you hit, you got hit. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know what I kind of want the outcome to be. Like, there's adversaries and stuff, sure, but... So, in the last game, like, I had this big city, right? Yeah. And uh, I wanted you guys to... Um, like, I got it from, like, a book that I really liked. Okay. It was called uh, The Eternal City. There was and... all these marching statues, and yeah. there was political unrest. Yeah, and it was uh, it was about, like... The book, I really like that book that's not translated. It's a, a sci-fi book about um, this guy who dies during Stalinist times, and he goes into this weird city of like that's like purgatory, and there's all these people from different nationalities there, and they act like the stereotypical people from their nationalities, like the American guy, and then they they start by driving a garbage truck, and you uh, Americans, no, 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 the American say. guy is like really resourceful, and he has like all this knowledge of like economics, and he's really smart, but he's also he's also really cynical. So he keeps telling the Russian guy, who's really like he's patriotic and like a super communist because mm -hmm. he's brainwashed by Stalin, and he keeps telling me how things really uh, like really are, and the uh, Russian guy starts like is starting to understand, and then there's like a Chinese guy who used to be a big party official, but now he just wants to be a like a janitor because you can't fall down from being a janitor. <laughs> like if you just like keep your head low, nobody's gonna touch you and you can have a nice life with, life with your wife. You know when children. you're done. Yeah. The building's clean, you can go home. Yeah. That's but and then there's like this German guy who becomes like a fascist dictator. Mm -hmm. And then and they all live at the same time they all live in this big eternal city that lasts forever. And uh so they live in this big eternal city that lasts forever and every night they meet with the guide. So they don't know who the guide is, and it's like their conscience. He just talks to them, and they just like talk ideas out with them. Mm -hmm. But so they didn't know it's like aliens or like whatever fuck that is. Um, but the city goes on forever, and then the the guy, the German guy, his name is like Fritz, and he becomes like this quasi Mussolini Hitler kind of character. But he's not really. He's just a fascist. He's not like murderous or anything. So he starts organizing expeditions to discover what the city is and why, like, how far they can go and where they can find, like, oil or whatever. And there's all kinds of weird shit going on. There's, like, big statues that are wandering around and stomping on people randomly. There's monkeys. There's, like, dogs. There's, like, birds. There's all, all kinds of weird shit is happening. 
there's people from Napoleonic times that speak a different language, that live like a tribe in like the buildings far away. And uh, yeah, he has like a Jew friend that's really disgusting and stereotypical. Uh, and eventually, like they go on a mission and they all die. Right. And it doesn't really doesn't really go anywhere, but it's like really like it's really well written. It's uh, it's like a whole metaphor about politics and life and shit and how. But to make that into a proper Dungeons and Dragons game, like I tried to do, I can't just know the plot of that book and try to apply it. I probably should have set up some characters. That I were, think like, there could have guiding. been a few characters that did some soliloquies or yeah. some speeches. There was a lot of like. I tried. I don't know. I tried. Keep walking and I, find I, out I, more. I, I tried to do some explanation, and then Lisa's like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, I sound pretentious. <laughs> and and never, at that point, I was never like... Never worry uh, about that. Never worry about that. It's all good. Everything you say is good. Uh, no, it's not. You know it's not. I know. Do you really think everything you say is good? Everything you say is good. No. I'm your biggest fan. That's disgusting. <laughs> I need more tonic. More chocolate. Do you have any chocolate? Well, we just ate the whole case full of no, chocolate. No, this is a melted bar in there. Put this in the fridge for 20 minutes, and then you can eat this. All right, let's wrap this up. We can, like, uh, smoke some weed and okay, that watch sounds cartoons. Good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that. Okay. So, yeah, that's another Idea Grave with Ilya Schwartz. Uh-huh. You're going to get theme songs for each one of your segments. We got the anime recap. We got the presidential I wanna do race. A... We got the war in Syria. We got the random potpourri segment. <laughs> Things in our heads. And now we've got the new uh, Dungeons & Dragons strategy uh, segment for how to be a DM. Explain. Do your your three minute synopsis advocating like why thirty five year old people should all take up Dungeons and Dragons. What's the appeal? It's better than doing improv with fake people at like the improv class. <laughs> you have to come up with like it's it's very it's 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 really it's it's storytelling right, but it's without pretending that your stories from your life are interesting again in front of other people. It's right. playing with your friends. It's you can. It's better than tabletop games because it's a lot more free. You can basically do anything. And it has to be fun because otherwise nobody will play with you. You know who would be good at this Dungeons & Dragons iteration? That dude that wrote the three-body problem that had lots of interesting scenarios. Oh, man, I should have have brought you the second part. What if you unwrap the proton and you find a new civilization in there? Huh? Yeah. Ever consider that? There's a book called Flatland. It's a good book. I forget Fuck. who wrote it, but it's a good book. Anyway. Send me those files. I want that sequel. That sequel is a little weird, though, because in it there's an imaginary lady and there's a whole bunch of sexist shit. Oh. Because he's a product of his environment, and unfortunately that environment is sexist. But aside from that, if you ignore the first half of they the book. They had a non-sexist female character in the first book. Yeah, that was a great character. She, her she was awesome. And stuff and the brought, first book was the alien the invasion. The first book is very Arthur C. Clarke. Mm-hmm. It's very, very like hard sci-fi. Really good storytelling. Second book, it goes on a weird tangent in the middle of it. Ah. And if you cut that out, that okay, book don't was tell also me. Good. I don't want to hear. Oh, you don't, don't want spoilers? Okay. What's it mind. called? The second uh, book, uh, the Dark Forest. And what's the the overarching? Do they have a a, a name for the series? Uh, the free body problem. It's a free body problem. That's book a, two. Yeah. 
far out. That shit's good. Right on. I gotta say, um, yeah, there's a third part that's coming. Actually. Good. It's in August, I think it's being published. Jessica got really into good. that King Killer Chronicles thing, and then it's so annoying when you get into these these long sagas and then the author takes fucking forever to come out with the next book, they really should force them to it. just like write them all before they start publishing them. Because you lose interest by the time the new book comes out. You're like, ah, oh, fuck, that this is story. I, I, I used to read like just like Russian writers, right? And then mm -hmm. I switched to American writers and then I realized that like fantasy writers write for money. Yeah. So they will never stop. <laughs> It's like The Simpsons. It will run forever until they're either dead or they just have nothing else to say at all. I was, you know, J.K. Rowling's bringing back Harry Potter. Terry Pratchett just kept writing and writing and writing. And he he was still okay, but his best books were like number four or something, right. or number four or five or whatever. J.K. Rowling tried to do simple stories about like a small town election. Nobody liked it, so back to the Potterverse. She, I guess she wants more money. I don't know. She, she's pretty good with money. She donated like a billion dollars. She's like she, one she of the richest women money. in England. No, she gave all her money away. She's still rich. Yeah. But she gave like a billion dollar away to charity. Are you sure? Yeah. Sure she's not doing that foundation thing where she's got like oh, a... Oh, just there. <laughs> a tax shelter? <laughs> no, I don't think so. She doesn't mm. seem like she would. She like feels like she owns it to society. Yeah. She got funded. She's going to be the prime minister one of these days. You think? She's mm -hmm. Scottish. Oh, is she? doesn't she's still british she can still run for british parliament. she's actually for she's not she's against scottish independence which is weird she was on, on the side that was against independence hmm. i wonder if it was like a harry potter calculation because harry <laughs> potter is very english like, it's gonna avoid all my copyright if scotland separates yeah maybe i don't know it's, it, i guess i guess it's because she got money from like the british government maybe I don't know she why. Might just uh, she wrote in the like monarchy. this big essay about that, and I completely didn't read it. Uh, a lot of Scottish people really want to separate. It's a complicated they're, problem. They're into, uh, I think if I was living in Quebec during this, the referendum stuff, I would have been on the the no, no side. side. Oh yes, I mean no no side. Separate. You want to be a landlocked like small province in in the middle of a larger country and have to renegotiate all the trade agreements and stuff. It sounds like a pain in the ass. You're not personally going to renegotiate them. Like, there's going to be a whole bunch of people getting jobs renegotiating these treaties. Who cares? That's all. That's all bullshit. If people want to separate, let them. They, yeah, I'm. I'm all for letting them go. I'm just saying that I probably wouldn't be an advocate of it if I was living in that province. You are never on the cautious side. You're a supporter of fucking Bernie Sanders. This is not. Or you, the, you then were, again, like you I do think totally Toronto. Be on the yes I do side. think that Toronto should separate. So. <laughs> yeah. The, are you kidding me? Of course you'd be on the yes side. But I would be on the, the no side. The thing that's confusing is is Quebec, and I'm sure Scotland, there have not, Quebec's a have not province. So, like, they get money from the rest of the so country Scotland. To, to keep going. So, that's I don't what, understand, like, why. Because nationalism. Yeah. That has nothing to do with money. I always follow the money. That's that's what I make. Tribes have nothing to do with money. My decisions on. Wars have to do with money. <laughs> but, like, tribal alliances they don't have like they know you're, you're, you're born to like you know a whole bunch of uh, french people you feel french hmm. I, I don't think uh i think it would have been fine 
they have a bigger problem with corruption than uh, in the rest of Canada, though. So. That's that's what I suspect. I th I think that like weird. all of the the stories that I've heard about gangsters infiltrating and like corrupting the mayor and stuff makes me think that like the the heart of this sovereignty thing was really a coup attempt on the part of the gangsters to try to like get rid of the federal influence so that they could have more power. Well, that's that's a conspiracy theory. It uh, seems like like I don't know enough about the situation, but like out of the articles that I've read, that feels right. That feels like. The interest that would that would make more money if if the, the... I'm sure they would have made money mm -hmm. if that happened because it's um, feels like the Quebec gangster would have been way richer. I wonder if this would just be all casino land if they had if they, if they like went independent, like they're just like except for Montreal. Quebec is really conservative too. Like it's uh, just conservative the old people, city. the young people aren't. The young people live in Quebec. Yeah, like, not not Quebec province, Quebec City. Oh, I, I, Montreal is all I care about. Is it Chateau de Frotternac? Whatever the fuck that is, the big cube. It's, the major cities are all I care about. BC is only Vancouver. Cool, Toronto, really Ontario is only Toronto. Montreal is only... It's, that's not really true, though. I know it's not really true, but that's all I care about. I don't rural. Know. Rural communities are all the same. Fucking rural communities. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking small day, town you're, life you're and people like waving at their Milton, neighbors. And then you're gonna be like, ah, I live in Milton now. I have an SUV and a house. They're waving at their neighbors and pretending that they're friends with them and stuff. And secretly they have like this weird suburban depression. Oh man, my parents tried that in Richmond Hill. They hated it so much. <laughs> they had to share a wall. They were in a duplex. This is the worst. They had the garden in front of them, and all the neighbors complained because my parents didn't take care of it. Yeah, they get hung up on things like yards and stuff. They don't have any real problems out there. That's weird, yeah. But it's not like we have any real problems either. Like, what problems do you have? Raccoons? Not even. I think that whoever's trying to sell our apartment building must have poisoned the raccoons because they're gone. How's that going, by the way? There's a big sign on your lawn. They've This place has been for sale for a year. And three times a week, they bring th people through for a year. It's really affecting our quality of life. The place looks like a dump, like yeah. on the outside. And they want a one mil one point nice, two yeah. million dollars for the building. That's cheap. It's not cheap. For Roncesvalles, for a house with like five apartments, it's really cheap. This whole place would have to be bulldozed. The only thing that it works for is like keeping this apartment building and like collecting the rent from the tenants. Well, yeah, that's here. what it's for. An investment property. But in Except order to like get that money back from like the million and a half dollars that you have to raise, you have to wait for twenty years here. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't get it, but like, there's a lot of people who seem to be in conjunction with one another, like a person with five friends who have all pooled their money, are well, yeah. shopping around, or like a family has decided to buy a property with like their kids' money and the thing. And the banks are giving out a lot of cheap loans, and it smells of the U.S. financial crisis to me. But what do I know? Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> we'll probably kill that. Well, insert the doom music. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I. The lending's really cheap right now, so if it if there was ever a time to buy anything, I guess it's now. Well, yeah, they're talking about. Uh, they're talking about negative interest rates, which will mean like if you have a savings, you'll lose money. It'll they'll, you'll be penalized for not spending your your savings and not taking out debt. Yeah. So that's an interesting, unprecedented territory. 
it's precedented. But like also, it's just the encouragement you need because like you've been yeah. looking for an excuse to start a company and take out a huge loan and stuff. So the bank is going to oh, force yeah. you to do it. I'm like... King Ilya. The thing is, I, I had a company, right? We had a design company. It yeah. made money. It's mm-hmm. just that it was really... Um, the work to, to, to income ratio wasn't good enough. Right. Like we worked a lot and we got enough money and like i, I kind of continued it like last year when i was like living shit knows where right i mm-hmm. was like i was using my company like i was using fucking lorm to like get projects and stuff yep. and um it was a lot of work and there was a lot of income but the work to income ratio wasn't good enough it was just too much too much too much work they call that the theory of the firm i need a product instead of uh clients when clients you get stupid when you get lots and lots of people together under one roof, you're more productive and you make more money. I guess. It's less efficient to have like a whole bunch of like splinter companies that are just like two people running their own kind of thing because you can't be efficient. Yeah. And you can't keep each other honest either. There can be like a week where you end up just watching YouTube videos. Oh, God, that's all I do. <laughs> let's wrap it up. All right. Let's, let's, get some, let's smoke some weed. That's the end. Yeah. That's the end of the end. There will be no prologue, epilogue, whatever you call it. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I forgot to tell you. I'm getting a transgender operation. I've decided to turn my penis inside out. I'm just going to get dicks instead of nipples. I'm just going to get nipple dicks. Fancy female.